want to get in touch with us, here's how you can do it. You can、uh, go to our website. It's called sneakydragon.com. There, you can leave a message on our comments, pa- or comments post, comment spot. Comments area. Comments, comments our, area. Our special area. Our cement area. Please go to our special area. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a comment.、Yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Sneaky Dragon. You can find us on Twitter at Sneaky underscore Dragon. We have an email address. It's sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Love to get emails since I get to read them. And don't forget, we're on Patreon where you can patronize us all you want, even please, condescend. Please do.、Uh, so, what are our questions for next week? Questions for next week are going to be if, as a pet, you could have any wild animal. And I mean, any wild animal. Well, let's assume that you got it as a baby. It's totally imprinted on you and it loves you. What wild animal would you want? Okay. And I'm going to go with okay, so it turns out reincarnation is real. Okay. But、oh. you did a little bit of a screw up, so you got to be an animal. Oh. What animal do you come back as? I like it. I like that we both chose, we didn't tell each other our questions beforehand, but no, we no, both chose animals. No, no, mine was basically going to be yours. Like, it、oh, was、okay. exactly that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there you go. All right. So、uh, let's go to reading、um, uh, the, the letters、uh, from last week. Yes. And then I'll tell you what the questions were.、Uh, so, start <laughs> off with the last letter we got, which is from Louise. And uh, uh, she, she says, Uh, it's not legally theft if a, if a work is in public domain, but I like the movie Clueless. Good movie. They didn't sell it as being loosely based on Emma, so it might have been an ethical theft. Ah. Yeah, and there was a Super Bowl ad actually based on Clu- Clueless. I see. Yeah, this,、uh, this, this time around. This time around, okay. So that was probably the only、uh, Super Bowl ad based on Jane Austen、uh, this time around. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, I think the one, I think the、uh, Doritos one was also based on Use Persuasion. Oh, wait,、uh, Okay, good. I、yeah. was going to go. It had to be a deep cut. <laughs> uh, I, I uh, reread、uh, Roger Ebert's review of it,、mm. and he doesn't mention Jane Austen at all, at all、mm. but I recognized her plot. This、yeah. was the first time I remember seeing Paul Rudd in a movie. Yeah.、Uh, he plays the older, former stepbrother that Cher falls for, the Mr. Knightley role. Yeah.、Uh, that whole falling for your stepbrother. Uh, thing which pornography has just been all over lately. I don't know, I don't know what it was, but like something happened where, like, oh, is what, what, what changes to the world will there be after COVID? All step porn. Oh,、yes. why?、Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. You had to stay with your family for th- two years, right? Yeah. So, what's the pornography you like now? <laughs> you know, pornography where you're、uh, having sex with your family. Oh, sure. Huh. Okay. Well. Like a person without a library card. I'm not going to read too much into that. Anyway. When I saw, when I saw、um, Clueless, I saw it when it came out. And so when. The porn version was called Pantsless, by the way. Oh, okay. Thank you. And、uh, when, I, when I saw like, Paul Red later on, I never connected him with that movie. It wasn't until I rewatched it years later that I went, oh, Paul Red is in this movie. Oh. Well, I just never connected him. Like, I never... Paul Red, who's a guy who basically f-、uh, followed the Tom Hanks. Uh, thing, not so much as in like taking extreme dramatic parts, though he has done some dramatic roles,、mm. uh, but as in being、uh, a likable fella that also does a lot of weird side comedy projects that build goodwill. Okay. So that, you know,、uh, later on we're like, ah, I like him. Yeah. That's nice. Oh,、yeah. I, like, I like that guy. Can you get rid of that goodwill? I don't know. Alec Baldwin, can you? Yes, you could. It could be flushed away and not with a tragedy, but also just being Alec Baldwin for many years. <laughs> Anyway,、uh, this is the first time I've ever seen Paul Rudd in a role. This is it.、Uh, he plays the blah, 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 stepbrother, Mr. Knightley role. There we go. I've already said that. 
He had the same laid-back charm even then. Uh, something uh, that falls more clearly into the area of theft are audiobooks I listen to on YouTube. Mm. Uh, they may have been uploaded uh, by the authors for self-promotion, but a lot are bootlegs. If someone complains to YouTube, they'll be blocked. But from the staggering amount that are left up, I assume the authors see it as free advertising for their books, so I don't feel bad about listening to them. Also, since I use them to fall asleep, I only really listen to about 25% of any given book. Uh, up-and-coming light rom-com actors... Uh, there aren't really any giants of the genre like Hugh Grant, Julia Roberts, Meg Ryan, and Tom Hanks out there. Maybe Henry Golding? Mm. Or, yeah, who is that? I guess he's in, he's in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. And he and played, the, uh, played Snake Eyes in Snake Eyes. And the Lilies, Jameses, and Collinses. Okay. Maybe the gang over at Bridgerton. I also like Theo James in The Time Traveler's Wife. You got to see a lot of him since he always loses his clothes when he time jumps. <laughs> and uh, while there are other, are some comic moments, the series is also quite dark. Yes. Yeah. There you are. Uh, so we have a letter from Edward Dragansky, who normally is, uh, you know, last. But in this case, he is uh, second to last. Oh. That's right. Even though you're going, wait, what? when are you reading this? Uh, you'll understand later. Um, <clears throat> the, the penultimate is mightier than the sword. Happy day, evening, gentlemen. It is uh, evening where we are right now. You're right. More evening than normal. I, we started things a little later. Mm. Uh, your conversation on how art can be interpreted and uh, reissued was dead on. And you're both right. Mm, I don't really like that as much. <laughs> Nothing really is new. I remember showing my art to Frank Miller in the mid-80s when he uh, visited Lone Star Comics. Even, even though some of it was influenced after his work, he wasn't taken aback by it. In fact, Miller said he was flattered. And if by lifting his style helped me learn, it would help me develop my own style in the long run. Frank was kind about it. High as a kite, but kind. I don't really have any concern about my own art being used, interpreted, or used in any way by AI technology because it isn't widely celebrated. It's more of a principled concern and one I've heard about from more notable creatives. I don't really have a horse in that race. Cue Horse Mysteries promo. Oh, yeah. Horse Mysteries promo. Yeah, coming uh, back pretty soon. Horse uh, Mysteries. Very good. Horse Mysteries. You can uh, listen to it. Uh, hey, wherever you listen to this, go there. Look, uh, look, look up Horse Mysteries. There it is. It is there. Um, but you guys were right. This has been going on for years, and it's unavoidable as much as it's part of the creative engine. Here was something uh, the other day, speaking of Frank Miller, and I'm going to get back to your letter, Edward, but it's going to be about uh, Frank Miller. So maybe you'll go, oh, good on you. I don't mind this. <laughs> um, it was, uh, we, were, we were seeing someone who was cosplaying as Jubilee. Don't know. It's an X-Men character. Okay. Now, Jubilee, okay. the X-Men character, yeah. is dressed almost exactly like uh, the Robin character in The Dark Knight Returns. So is it like the biblical Jubilee? Not at all. Okay. Uh, she is a, she is a, uh, a young woman who uh, has firework kind of powers. <laughs> And she dresses, okay. as I say, I like from the Dark Knight Returns. Now, now I, I went in my head for the first time, oh, you know what? I bet this was a little ahahahu back because <laughs> the Dark Knight Returns, something that people don't normally mention is, it was kind of a parody of the X-Men. It was? Oh, the the the, the kind of uh, gormless creatures that he's fighting in. Them. Yeah, they're the mutants. Okay. And they're all dressed like Cyclops. They have Cyclops's... Uh, yeah, thing and the okay. most popular book by far on the stands at the time when it came out was the X Men, hmm. and it's like the mutants have taken over, yeah, you know. But Batman's here to straighten them out. Pow, pow, smack, pow, boop. So it was a little <laughs> bit of a dig, dig at the X Men. Yeah. So kind of interesting that later on Chris Claremont 
uh, introduced and whoever the artist was at the time, I think Jim Lee introduced, you know, a character that looked almost exactly like the character in Dark. Maybe it was like a nice, gentle little haha. Well, this. Well, how about this? <laughs> and we got this. So maybe. But yeah, that's something people don't usually mention is that uh, with Dark Knight, it was like, yeah, that's clearly I a... I didn't realize that. I never co- made yeah. that connection. Oh, these mutants. They've taken over. They're everywhere. These mutants <laughs> that dress like uh, Cyclops. Um, it's interesting. So it's almost like he was taking a page out of Dave Sim- Sims' book of that time of doing like the kind of big full-on parodies of, of comic book characters that Well, time. and then in the X-Men, uh, they had a parody of Dave Sim. Oh, really? Yeah. Who was called Sim. And huh. it was a kind of aardvark type creature that was in Belasco's realm, hell realm, and he was dressed like uh, Cerebus, and uh, and yeah, he was called Sim, uh. S-apostrophe uh, Y-M. Oh, funny. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, continuing on. Uh, my So, you know, listen, I'm just saying Claremont will do that kind of thing, so it makes sense that he did that kind of thing. My complaint was more along the lines of the learning process that AI seems to be taking uh, the place of. The entitled, I can make a masterpiece in minutes mentality. Back in the 90s, when we all had to learn uh, the Mac to create and produce design, one of the instructors held up a pencil with one hand and set his other hand on the Mac. He said, these two are essentially the same tool, with one exception. The computer is more expensive and complex, but it, uh, it's uh, only a far more complicated pencil. As daunting as it was at the time, we still had to learn how to use the computer as a new tool, and it didn't make the job any easier. It just provided faster, and it, it just became faster and more efficient. Simply put, we were still using our brain and passion to design and create. Now comes the AI technology, which takes only words and suggestions. And from the same brain, uh, turns out uh, garnish and awful art, as Dave so aptly put. (laughs) Garish, I I assume. Not garnish. (laughs) A garnished bunch of art. Garnish, yes. Garnish on it. It's a little bit of uh, parsley on the side. Yeah. Uh, There's no personality, uh, personal influence. Uh, or expression put into the work, uh, just that same soulless-looking imagery that's randomly borrowed from the internet, and it's done in minutes. That's my complaint. Like I said, I welcome the challenge uh, when it comes, and e- like Ian said, I'll have to reinvent myself to do something that AI can't do. I've been doing it for 33 years, so what's another challenge? Well, there, Here's, you, there you go. And I, I was actually reading something, I think it was in The Atlantic, and the author was talking about how like chat, GPT, or whatever it's called, has... It's just going to add like more work to people's lives. Like the idea is that oh, this will make things more streamlined and more you know and take over some functions stuff like that. But no, it actually just then you you have to create like this whole area of work that's keeping an eye on what ChatGPT is doing yeah. and what people are using it for and how it's used and is is this an actual essay being handed in or is it a is it someone just using AI to create a, a rewrite and blah 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 and so there's going to be AI that traces AI and it's just going to it's just going to be going on and on. So here's my question uh, about uh, about uh, that. Uh, people are incredibly charmed uh, uh, for the last decade or so, uh, maybe ironically so, maybe not, uh, by Bob Ross. And mm. Bob Ross used to uh, have a show where he would do landscapes, but he would not show you how to draw a tree. 
he would show you shortcuts to make something look like a tree. Yeah. He would give you the illusion. He would give you shortcuts that would make something look like a landscape. But traditionally, you know, as an artist, you're like, I'll show you how to mix your colors. And now this is how you do a mountain. And this is how water looks. And, you know, you'd work on that as an artist. But instead, it's like, hey, here's the shortcuts. Just do blah, 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 blah. Yeah. That looks like a tree. Yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That looks like a cloud. As they used to say in Peanuts, here's my M birds. Yeah. It's like, just I put some M's up there. And now they look like birds. But you didn't take the time to learn anything about birds. Mm. They just are representational of birds. Yeah. Uh, people don't seem to have any uh beef with that and that seems to be a guy who who just did cheats mm. it's all cheats but i think that's i mean i guess i don't think it's all cheats but i think that isn't it i think that's part of painting anyway you're just you are just painting a representation not painting a photograph you're painting a representation of but he's of not art. even painting a photograph like he's not paint like you couldn't take the skills that he gave you yeah go out look at a mountain and some trees and then paint those You'd have to just do make them up trees and mountains that, you know, are flopping down where your brush pokes down and it sort of looks like a mountain and some trees. Like it's, it's, it's not anything real. Yeah. It's not based on life. Yeah. It's based on tricks yeah. that give you the optical illusion of now that looks like a tree. Now that looks like a mountain, yeah. which maybe some of that I, is what art is. I think that's what, art, yeah, that's what a lot of art is. I mean, once a camera was invented, art had to right make a ch- change in how it approached, you know, and there, there's an example of a huge title change that that changed how art was viewed and how art was made, you know. And so you had things like impressionism, and then the carry on of, of through modern art of all the various things about how perception works and things like that, whether it was fauvism or cubism or or whatever. These are all like ways of looking at how we view things, you know. Yeah. And that became like a big part of how, what painting took on, you know, because cameras could do what. You know what? People used to spend hours, you know, fussing over these big landscapes and stuff like that. And yeah. suddenly, someone comes along and just can do it. Really, anyone can do it. You know, if they can afford a camera, it only got more and more affordable. But with a camera, you are just doing a stronger or a more, you know, efficient representation, mm-hmm. direct representation of life. Yeah. Whereas with the Bob Ross thing, here's yeah, you're doing a pro- an you, approximation you, of life, but you're doing a make them up. Yeah. Yeah, but that's. I mean that's a se- I mean essentially it's just I mean what art is is the make em up of life so yeah and however you want to view it you know like if you prefer heavily realistic art there's people who even now will paint incredibly realistic paintings and then there's other people who don't but I think and I had something I was going to say about about Bob Ross but I can't remember now he's sexy sexy man <laughs> his uh, voice oh I was going to say what I always found with his paintings is one, it's a really boring and quite banal, but I always liked it at a certain point. I just wanted him to stop where like he did like do clouds and he do like a mountain in the clouds. I'd be like, oh, that's great. Stop there. That's really a really fun image of like that mountain floating in the sky and ah. in, in the clouds. You don't need to add the trees and all that junk because it's just going to look. interesting. The, the idea of uh, Bob Ross, stop there. Yeah, stop. You've done it. You're good. Yeah. Halfway through Bob Ross's show, <laughs> stop. Just turn it off. Yeah. You see all you need to see. Huh. Uh, Continuing on with the letter, segue into stealing then. Something that's a favorite of mine that involves an element of theft. How about James Horner? I grew up uh, enjoying the score of music uh, of uh, James Horner. You know what? It's hard for me to read. I think it's because, uh, you know, traditionally I will have done a lot of re- uh, talking. And then I get into <laughs> reading. And my voice is warmed up. It's almost like I'm coming in cold for some reason. That's weird. Strange. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why that could be. Anyway, uh, I grew up enjoying the music, uh, the score music of James Horner. 
Star Trek, Cocoon, Glory, Braveheart, Apollo 13, to name a few favorites. Like Dave reading Mojo Magazine for popular rock articles, I took to reading Film Score Monthly in the 90s and my mind was blown. Not uh, only did this magazine cover just about everything about film scores, but took a hard stance against James, Horn James Horner's music. There oh, wow. were countless articles about what a hack he was, how blatantly he was ripping off music note for note, even if it were his own. I didn't even know what to think. Was I following and enjoying the work of a despised hack? <laughs> well, if you'd like this show, yeah. <laughs> One writer challenged the uh, readers of SFM to listen to Romeo and Juliet. Uh, the first movement is note for note, the same as Horner's Stealing the Enterprise from Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. One of my favorite Horner cues. I even uh, bought the uh, Prokofiev. 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 <laughs> Romeo and Juliet CD. That's a great. That is a. That's one of my favorite classical. San Francisco. Pieces. San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> Symphony. Uh, to hear it, it was one of your favorites. That's cool. I love it. Uh, to hear it for myself and son of a bitch, the writer was right. <laughs> but it's like you said in the last show, and it's the same across all music. Nothing is new. Everything is borrowed, <laughs> one time or another. Writers and film score critics of Film Score Monthly, be damned. Uh, oh, I'm sure some of them are in hell now. Uh, I continue to follow and enjoy Horner all the way until his uh, death in 2015. And up until today, uh, even if he's regarded he as was, a He uh, was killed by Prokofiev. Yes, but then he was put on the Genesis planet and he came back and it's fine. Oh, wow. Uh, I still he came back singing Abacab. <laughs> I still love his body of work. Boy, you're right, Dave. I don't really care about the start of this <laughs> sentence. Owen Wilson is just right in under the wire as a romantic lead. But I love him and his sustained <laughs> organic approach in film. He's like a comfortable jacket to me. He and Brother Luke grew up right here in Dallas, so I have a hometown affection for them both. Uh, who's next, though? I really like uh, Simu, uh, Simulu. Simulu? How do you pronounce that? Simulu? I don't know. Oh, very good. Uh, from uh, Shang-Chi. Why do I know that? I, I think he has a lot of charm. He's a good-looking kid. I liked him in Kim's Convenience. Oh, and more yeah. recently, okay. uh, Shang-Chi. Or Shang-Chi. Uh, I'm not a huge follower of uh, Lu's. But uh, he's caught my eye so far, and I look forward to seeing him more. Mm. For an actress, I have a much stronger opinion of Anya Taylor-Joy. Maybe she's more of a dramatic actress, but uh, how would she handle a romantic comedy? Well, watch Emma, which she is a star of, which is uh, the Jane Austen adaptation, which is a romantic comedy. Yeah, and there's a little bit of uh, romantic... Well, yeah. There's comedy vibes in uh, Menu, but not romantic comedy. Yeah, that romance didn't work out well. Uh, I think she's more adaptable <laughs> than we think. I really like her, especially in Queen's Gambit. She has a chameleon quality that's fit for any role she's given. Then there's the cast of the Umbrella Academy. One or two of them will more likely than not uh, uh, carry on as a breakout star. Ellen Page, uh, sorry, Elliot Page already has a bright future. How about the rest? Shit, that was a lot. Do I have a problem? You guys just drag it out of me, I guess. Be excellent <laughs> out there. And to one another sneakers. Until next week. Thank you, Ed. Now we have a letter from Regis, our friend Regis. Wow. All right. Now, you know how I'm having reading issues right now. Yes. Here we go. I'm getting on the roller coaster. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing what Regis has to say, and I want to apologize in advance for screwing it all up. <laughs> Hi, I Dave. You're busted. Oh. Dave, or should I say Kathleen? Uh -oh. din, 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 din. <laughs> Our overlord, uh, Shite GPT, has spoken. At the question, why Sneaky Dragon is the best podcast ever, the master answered, 
often covering his ass with some yada-yada about each and every one having different tastes. So why should he enforce the Uber trademark registered copyright quality of the said podcast? Because he is God 2.0 sneaky AI. (laughs) What a great humor it has, I quote. (laughs) Sneaky Dragon is a podcast hosted by Canadian cartoonist and writer Ian Boothby and his partner, actress and comedian Kathleen DeVere. (laughs) What? The podcast features conversations between the two hosts who live, who discuss a variety of topics, including pop culture, movies, TV shows, comics, and their personal lives. Some fans of the podcast appreciate the chemistry between Ian and Kathleen, who what? <laughs> as well as their humor and insights on various topics. The podcast has been praised for its irreverent and offbeat humor, its engaging discussions, and its overall entertainment value. Amen. Then some more yada yada about possibilities to choose other podcasts like Exercise Your Free Will. Hey, stop talking about things you don't understand, you dumb program. I mean, yes, right, your digital highness, ruler of the new truth, kaiser of the future of we insignificant beings. I had forgotten uh, to close the browser window. So now, Kathleen, that's a bit much on the sneakiness scale, and it's a polyrhythmic one. Algorithmic, I bet. A simple, god damn it, a symptopatemic, or it's on a big scale, quicker or bigger or smaller at the uh, top. Anyway, it's huge. I'm choked and shocked and shaken. Send me a picture of you with your good profile, wink, wink. Maybe it will help me regain some peace or not, wink, wink, Uh, re-wink, re-wink. In the meantime, we want explanations. What was uh, it all about or what? PS1, PTW in French, chat GPT. Sounds like cat I have farted, just to say. PS2, Dave, don't send me any good profile pictures. I was joking. PS4, Sony. Oh, makes sense. Though they are up to a PS5 now, if you can find one. Uh, Lisa, uh, right, the co-host of uh, Horse Mysteries. Speaking of Horse Mysteries. Writes, my favorite thing that has an element of theft in it, maybe shopping for grapes. <laughs> It's true. She's very good at shopping for grapes, and that I now I know why. Because mm. I I will not steal grapes in a store like that's just theft, right? Theft. And so, um, how is there not a biblical story about that? Really, the grape thief. Yes. I mean, that's all over. That was for Aesop. He he got the grapes. Okay. But uh, yeah, so but Lisa, I guess, purloins a few and tests them, and therefore brings home the tastier grapes, uh, as opposed to the mushy mess that I usually get end up getting home. I bought some grapes this week, and I was very glad I did. And I went, why don't I buy grapes more? Then you bought another bag of grapes, and they were horrible. And you went, now I know I don't buy grapes. Yeah, now I'm going to put them in my air fryer and make uh, raisins. (laughs) The most expensive raisins in the world. Uh, Dave. Yeah. The world of music is full of notes. Do you have a note for us? I do have a note. (laughs) I have have several notes for you. Okay. We can go that through our uh, post-show meeting. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. But also, let's do a little top five. So top five, this is a spinoff of an old show uh, that used to be on the network called uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. It's still there. Uh, yeah, it still remains until the copyright cops come and go, <laughs> uh, but uh, Dave would pick a theme and then along with uh, Mary Dedrick, they would uh, talk their way through the songs, uh, play them, talk about them, uh, so on and so forth. I am a poor man's Mary Dedrick. Poor man's Mary Dedrick. <laughs> she had strong opinions, good opinions. She uh, elevated uh, the uh, discussion. Uh, I go, that was all right. (laughs) That's good. After Dave has poured his heart and soul into finding these songs. Yeah. So uh, what is the theme this week? 
Uh, this week I thought it would be fun. Uh, the- a fun thing would be chickens. Oh, that sounds all right. <laughs> you didn't like it? That sounds fine. No, it's fine. You like that? Is it? I thought that That's was fine. a fun. Was there any influence uh, of your own chickens into the picking of this? As in, you were like, "What's the damn theme?" And then you looked out your window and you saw your chickens and went, "That's right. I get it. People that flew the coop." Yeah. That's that's what exactly what I thought. No, I was just kind of um, I I don't know what I was doing. Tell me, tell me what you were thinking. Well, I just thought, yeah. Well, that's partly it. I do. I was thinking about our chickens because I like our chickens, and so I thought it'd be fun to um, do like a chicken thing. That's all. Chicken based because chickens are fun, and maybe maybe I there's a song in here that I like a lot, and I wanted to play it. Okay. And I was thinking of playing it in a different way, but I ended up putting it on here. All right. And that's just how it works. Sometimes you have a. You have a song in your heart, and then you want to tell people about it. So anyway, I have a song in my heart, everyone. And this is our top five chicken songs for this week. Let's start with, let's start with uh, number one. This is the Fireballs. Okay. With Chicken Little. They recorded this in 1968. It came out on a single from Atco Records. Let's give it a listen. Here we go. thought the song picked up very nicely like mm. it really picked up steam yeah uh the the prayer bit was creepy it was like <laughs> you better pray chicken that was a creepy bit but what it made me think of was like yeah. uh this could have been a band in a sitcom mm, yeah, like, yeah 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 it would have been a band that like the partridge family mm-hmm. would be going up to up against at a county fair yeah. or something they would be the potato bugs some, yeah some kind of name on based on the beatles, the beatles that's yeah, right yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, it, it was it was a little bit like that but you know there you go it was a it was a it was a t- it was toe tapper well, it's funny that you say that. So thanks. Tell me more. Because this band, yeah. they're from New Mexico. And being in New Wait Mexico... what's wrong with old Mexico? That's a good question. Anyway. Well, it was once New Amsterdam. <laughs> That's right. Old Why did they change it? Because there was already a, a New Amsterdam. Yeah, there already was a New Amsterdam. Yeah. So they, they didn't want to be called Newer Amsterdam. Yeah. It's hard to say. 
they just discovered. So they lived in New Mexico, and there was only really one place for them to go in New Mexico, and that was to Norman Petty's recording studio in Clovis, New Mexico, which, if you know your musical history, you'll know that that is where Buddy Holly and the Crickets recorded. Well, I don't. So you didn't, but now no. you do. And By the way, uh, mm. crickets are something that are eaten by chickens. I think that's probably true. So, uh, now, do you know the song Sugar Shack? Yeah. Sugar Shack. Well, that's Jimmy Gilmer and the Fire Fireball. So, the same band. But the, and I uh, proved, by the way, that I knew it by saying the words you just said to me. <laughs> yes, you did say it. Do you know the song Hot Potato? Hot, Hot Potato. Oh, oh clearly uh, he knows yeah, that song very right. well. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Going back to my Sugar Shack. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's Jimmy Gilmer and the Fireballs, as they were at that time noted as. But at this time, by the time they were 68, they were just the Fireballs. And before that, they were just the Fireballs. They had they came over in the 1950s. They had a few instrumental hits. And like I say, they recorded with Norman Petty, who had a really great recording studio in Clovis, New Mexico. Like, And that's where Buddy Holly and the Crickets went. So he recorded all of Buddy Holly's material. Oh, okay. In Clovis, New Mexico. He had a fabulous echo chamber that was built in the silo of a barn on his mm. property. And um, when Buddy Holly passed away, he had all this material that was left over that Buddy Holly was working on, like demos and stuff like that. And so he just basically got the fireballs to back Buddy Holly. And he made like four albums worth of material out of this left all these leftovers, which is kind of sacrilegious. But at the time, no one, no one thought twice about it because it's just popular culture. Who gives a poop? <laughs> so that was fine, right? Yeah. Anyway, the fireballs. Enjoyable. Number what else you got for me, Dave? Hey, how about hey wait, was this a uh, was this a five piece chicken pack? This is a five piece chicken. Actually, now that, now that comes with slaw. Yeah, and that comes with a, a like a drink, right? Yeah, it's kind of a baker's baker's dozen. Actually, oh, so there's a biscuit with it. It's actually a baker's half dozen. Okay. Yeah, literally. Anyway, this is Amos Milburn, who you might know. No, you wouldn't know him. Just joking. Uh, he recorded for Aladdin Records through the '40s and the '50s. Okay. He recorded this. The original version of this song, which was called Chicken Shack Boogie, in 1946. (laughs) Okay. But then he re-recorded it in 1956. This version, which is a slightly sped up, more rocking version of the song. Now, is the Chicken Shack actual uh, where the chickens live? Or is the Chicken Shack slang for something? Chicken Shack is where you go to get chicken to eat. Oh, you go buy chicken you go buy, and you, you eat it there. You, it's like a, it would be a KFC. It would be like a KFC, but in the old old days before there were chain restaurants. You just went okay. to the chicken shack. Be a local guy who okay. had a recipe all his own. Anyway, so this is just plain old chicken shack by Amos Milburn. This came out in 1956. Let's give it a listen. Call the chicken shack. That's fine as wine, and it's really on the ball. No windows, no doors, it's just a hole in the wall. Once more 
ball. Well, all you cats, you can shop with the tack. Cause the party's ready to start down at the chicken shack. Yeah, that was, uh, again, I said toe tapper for the last one, but I wrote down that that was a, a toe tapper. Uh, I liked, uh, I liked uh, talk over songs. Okay. I like songs where it's not, where the person is, you know, let me tell you now about this place I like. And of course, that could not have sounded less <laughs> rhythmic, but you get where I'm going with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like the equivalent of the Rex Harrison talk sing in a Broadway musical. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you could talk through the musical. Um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's like you talk over the song and it doesn't yeah. quite, it's not quite singing, mm-hmm. but you're clearly, you know, to, with the rhythm of the song, but you're talking yeah. next to the song, kind of keeping up with the song, like, sure. a, like it's a train that you're running next to. Yeah. And then occasionally the train takes off without you and goes for a while. And then at the next <laughs> station, another guy comes up and like, oh, and then we're doing more. Carry on. And that's why we're doing that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is. His attempt to like kind of catch the rocket rock and roll train that was starting to leave the sure, station sure. at this time. So, you know, he was a jump blues guy throughout the forties and early fifties, and and a lot of those people pretty easily made the switch to to more of a rock rock and roll sound, which because it wasn't like hugely different than what they were already doing. Just a slightly simpler sound. But yeah, it's a very good song. It uh, keeps keeps on moving. There, it could be like about a train, and it would feel just as like suitable. But it's about Chicken Shack. Yeah. Chickens, everyone. Chickens. Or chickens on a train. So we're going to go from uh, California all the way, California in the 1950s, all the way to Zambia in the early Ah. 1970s. This is a band called Witch. And Witch stood for um, with intent to, with intent, sorry, not intent, with intent to cause havoc. Okay. That was what their name was. Did they ever meet the uh, Knights in Satan's service? (laughs) They did not meet Kiss. Okay. Although I don't know, maybe they did, but they only existed for a short time in the '70s before they were crushed by the by the unfair bullying government of Zambia at that time. Uh, but this is from their first album, which is called Introduction. It came out in 1973, and this is like a chicken. And I'm going to apologize beforehand because the the recording of this is pretty uh, poor because they were a band recording in a a nation under a siege at the time, and so. You know, what you had available was what you had. So it came out on their own record label as well, which was called Witch Records. Hmm? No, Luckily, we didn't start an Abbott Costello routine after that one. <laughs> All right. So uh, here we go, everyone. This is uh, Like a Chicken. From... Uh, is The Who on that uh, label? Which, which label? The Who. Which? Who. Which? <laughs> anyway, here we go. This is Like a Chicken.
and we're back. I wrote down that this is a song you can only listen to in one location. Okay. And that location is an unfinished basement. <laughs> what? That's only in an unfinished basement. Feels... Once they finish the basement, yeah. that song doesn't work anymore. Is that right? It feels too, but yeah, too spooky like, or something? Yeah, you just sit in the, I don't know. You're just like in this unfinished basement and someone goes, hey, you want to hear something? Mm. No, let me, let me put this on. And they, they turn on their uh, dad's hi-fi and they put the song on. And uh, yeah, but it only works if, you know, everything's yeah. like kind of unfinished and there's like an open paint can that's there. And uh, yeah, maybe someone's got a ferret. That's running around loose. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an odd song. Yeah, and it, it, you can't listen to it in a proper environment. <laughs> that's great. I like. I love it. You I mean, can listen to it in a car. Yeah, you'd crash the car. Mm. You'd have to listen to it in an unfinished basement. That's what. Maybe my, an attic. You could listen to it in an attic as well. My my knowledge of uh, African music is pretty limited. Actually, I heard I heard a song. The first time I ever heard this band was they played one of their songs at the end of an episode of, of Watchmen. Oh, and I was like, "Oh, this song is fantastic! Who is it?" So that's how I discovered uh, nice. discovered them. That's how you discover music, everyone. You just listen to and watch various things. And so you, you see Alan like, Moore. It was all worth it. Yeah. Quit what being, are you complaining? Could be being fussy. What's with your belly aching? Yeah. And at least they ended that with like the proper ending of the comic book, the TV series. Mm. Anyway, so you're bashing uh, Zack Snyder now. Interesting. <laughs> Bold choice on the internet. <laughs> Bold choice for Dave. <laughs> I went there. Real big Snyder basher. I went there. Okay. All right, so we're going to go from like a chicken to eat that <laughs> like chicken. Like a chicken. <laughs> Laying eggs for the very first time. This is uh, Charles Mingus, who was a jazz great, probably one of, considered one of the greatest composers of the 20th century. And this is from his uh, really kind of a fun record called Oh Yeah from 1962. And it's fun because it's kind of a bit looser and it's a bit goosier and also chickener because it has eat that chicken on it. <laughs> chickener. And it also features the fabulous... Winner, winner, chickener. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, say it again. Winner, winner, chickener. Yeah, that's right. It also features uh, Rasson Roland Kirk, or as he was at that time, just plain old Roland Kirk, who, as people know, people who listen to Sneaky Dra- uh, Dragon Listening Party know, who heard me play him on there, was a jazz musician who could play three saxophones at the same time. He had, uh, he would play the, I guess it was the alto sax. Yeah, he played alto sax. Then he had two music, two kind of like uh, instruments that were um, changed a little bit, kind of customized. One was called the Manzello, and the other was called the Stritch. And one of them was like big enough to like rest on the floor, so he didn't have to like carry it, like hold it on his neck. But the other one wasn't. And so he could blow the same time, all three instruments, and play them all. One would be a drone, and the other ones he'd be playing. But he could also do circular breathing, where he would create enough air pressure in his mouth that he could keep the instruments going for an extended period of time, like not having to take a breath, almost like a bagpipe where he could be breathing in, but keeping the pressure on, on the breath pressure going on, on the instruments. It was fantastic. He also played the flute and he was the one who originated like the kind of percussive flute style where you like, you like uh, talk into your instrument or kind of blow okay. hard on it, kind of overblow on it and, and, and that kind of stuff uh, that was kind of stolen by uh, Jethro Tull for, uh, for one person. Lots, lots of people borrowed this technique though. It was pretty popular in its day. But anyway, so he was, uh, this is the only Charles Mingus album that he was on. Uh, I guess it was just a quick put together date. It's the f- only, I think maybe the only album that Charles Mingus recorded playing just piano because he was a bass player. Um, most of the time he played bass, and, but uh, on this album he plays piano and there's a bass player on it as well as 
Danny Richmond on drums, who is on every Charles Mingus album, and then Jimmy Nepper on trombone, who, once again, if there's a trombone on the Charles Mingus album, we played by Jimmy Nepper. I think it has Booker Irvin on saxophone. I can't remember who played bass on it now, off the top of my head. For some reason, I have bass blindness. I can remember the <laughs> bass player for Eddie Bam. Anyone, like Charles, I can like name all of Charles, like all of um, John Coltrane's sidesmen, but I can never remember the bass player. Same with, with uh, Miles Davis. I can name a bunch of his sidesmen, but I can never name a single bass player. I don't know why. Bass blindness. But anyhow, let's eat that chicken. Let's eat that chicken with Charles Mingus. Let's start it right now. Here we go, everyone. From his 1962 album, Oh Yeah, here is the band with Charles Mingus. Oh, Lord, I, I want to eat it.
There we go. I hope you ate that chicken. I, I felt I felt bad because you did so much setup for that, and then I was like, "Eh, it's not for me." Yeah, but it's fine. Yeah, I know. Like I know technically, it's like technically this is fine. And if you like this kind of thing, there it is. I do like this kind of thing. Good. I assume so. It'd be weird that you would put a song on that you would dislike. So I'm glad that you enjoy it. Uh, I'm glad those that listened to it and uh, went, "Hey, enjoyed it," but not for uh, not my bag. Uh, spoilers: the next one isn't either. But uh, yeah, that's fine. I'm glad uh, this is what makes the world go round. All right. Yeah, different types of chickens. Well, it's funny that you say that about the next song, because this is the reason I put together this list, is that that I love love this song. Oh, nice one. Uh, This is Jeffrey Frederick, uh, famed in my world for Jeffrey Frederick and the Clamtones. Right, that's how I usually hear his name said, is with that afterwards. But this is post-Clamtones. Oh, okay. Uh, He's playing with a kind of modified group called Lay Clams, (laughs) and which I wonder if that caused... Clams and chicken go together. Because I don't think they would. Yeah, too much. Even in a surf and turf situation, yeah. that would not be. But surf and turf is is like a red meat with. Cause I think that's too much white meat having like. Well, I mean, chickens chicken. are on a turf. You know, I mean. Chickens... I know, but when surf and turf is not traditionally chicken with with yeah. seafood. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it's traditionally like a. Steak you wouldn't think like them. clams and chicken, chicken and clams. No, I don't think you think chicken and chicken with any seafood. All I could think is the one benefit would be if it was like fried chicken and fried clams. Mm. Maybe yeah, that would you'd be doing some fried. Sure, sure. Yeah, possibly. And you'd have to dip it. Oh, you'd have to have a hell of a dip. Don't even get me started on the dip. <laughs> Apparently you're excited. Pretty, oh, my gosh. You have a lot of opinions about this. I've got strong dip opinions, yeah. Okay, but please continue. I've heard people call you a big dip. Oh, my god. Enthusiast. <laughs> Let me finish what I'm saying, please. Um, this is uh, Jeffrey Frederick. Like I say, post-clam tones. Uh, kind of out on his own. Um, his widow put out a couple of live albums, uh, I guess, that were recorded when he was playing later on. And this is one of them. It's called uh, Ooh La La Les Clams. It came out in 2003 oh, okay. on CD. She also put out one called Live at the Ace House. And then she put out one that was recorded here in Vancouver uh, called Clamtones BC. Uh, it was recorded at um, Rohan's Rock Pile back in the day. Mm. Uh, and my What's funny is I had a friend who had recorded it off the radio at the time. And so that's what that is. It's a radio recording of them playing what live. What radio station? Um, um, CITR? C- not CITR. Co-op radio would do a live from Rohan's. Ah. Uh, so they would record bands who were playing at Rohan's. So No Fun was also on okay. on that, that episode or that show on, not that episode, but that show on. on um, and it's so weird because like my friend who recorded it, he also went down and saw the show a couple nights. I think they played like a week. They did a week residency at Rohan's and filled every night. And what's so weird when you listen to the songs, I think I may have mentioned this before, but it blows my mind because people are dancing. Mm. Like they're playing and people are dancing to all these songs. It's so weird. Like if if you go on uh, YouTube, there's a few Jeffrey Frederick videos on there. And what's kind of interesting is they're playing, for the most part, they're playing songs that are not on any other way together. They're just songs that he, he was a kind of prolific guy. And so they're just songs that you've never heard before unless you see see them on video. And I guess these are very early videotapes that were done when they were playing live at a club in Portland. And the whole place is a moving. Huh. All these plaid shirt wearing guys yeah. and and feather haired women are all like just kicking it up, kicking up a, a storm on the dance floor. Neat. And I've just never pictured it that that way in my life. And so when I saw that, I went to my, I was talking to my friend. And I said, "So when you went and saw them, were people dancing?" And he goes, "Oh yeah, everyone was <laughs> dancing there." I'm like, "That's just mind blowing because it just." 
all my all the music I listen to now, everyone's just like sitting and watching it. Hmm. You know, and it's just kind of weird, like because when I think of like Jefferson Airplane, like they play dances, they play dances, like all the shows at the East Fillmore or not East, the West Fillmore or the Lumberman's Club or whatever they played in, in San Francisco when the Family Dog were putting on shows or Bill Graham or whoever. Those are all dances. So like all all those songs, they have like a dance beat to them, and it's not until you're listening to like even you you uh, what is it, the ballad of you, me, and Puneel which is like five minutes long on the record, it, but it has a dance beat to it. This is mm. weird. This is hard to imagine in our sit down and watch times. Anyway, not that I'm encouraging dancing because I can't dance, but let's listen to Jeffrey Frederick. He can dance fine. And the song Chicken. This is about a guy stealing chickens who gets shot in the ass. Let's give it a listen. Side of me. 
Richard Tyler wants to play the piano. I don't know why. All right, and we're back. Again, it feels like the more that it's described, the more it's not for me. Uh, but but yeah, it, 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 it was just not for me, and that's fine. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, I, I probably will like uh, any other song about chickens that you might come up with, even though I know we're out of songs now. But if you did, I'd probably like the other song. Okay. But I, I know you don't. But if you did, maybe I would. Didn't I put a bonus song on? Yeah, that's what I'm setting up. Oh, <laughs> Smooth. Under. That's so funny. I was watching... Lisa was watching. Yeah, Santa's coming tonight. What? I thought you bought those presents. <laughs> Aren't those the presents you bought for your kid? I thought you shopped for those presents. What do you mean Santa's coming? Santa's getting her a bike as well. well that was, makes any no sense. Lisa was watching Love, Love Actually last night. Uh, just for a little bit. She was waiting for me to do some stuff. And so um, <laughs> I came in and, and it was a scene where uh, Alan Rickman is talking to the woman, the the his, his co-worker, who's trying to like seduce him. Yeah. And she's doing this thing where she had like her legs spread and she's saying something about dark corners. And I said to Lisa, I totally missed that. I would totally miss that signal. I wouldn't even get it at all. Right. And she was just laughing at me. So there you go. I mean, I'm sorry, but I just can't read signals. Yeah. You wouldn't need uh, Mr. Bean to uh, try and cock block you. <laughs> no, I would cock block myself. Um, anyway. So yeah, we, we have one more song. This is a bonus song, everyone. What? Yeah. I snuck one song on here. <laughs> Smooth. Because I thought if I did this chicken thing, I just thought you were going to ask me. How come you're not going to play the like, most famous song about chickens? Yeah, you want like a half dozen, a uh, uh, half dozen eggs. Yeah, you want a half a dozen eggs. Because <laughs> you can't afford a dozen eggs in this economy. No, it's crazy. In this egg economy. Well, you know, I haven't noticed that eggs have gone up, and I buy eggs. Yeah, me neither. I haven't noticed it. I haven't. People Is complain it about just, it. Yeah, they complain about it like it's a thing. I think, people, and I'm like, I think it's the same. I don't know the difference. Yeah, yeah. I think people just never looked at it before, and then now they're looking at it. They're like, "Oh my god, they're expensive!" Like, like honestly, yeah, uh, I, expensive. I mean, I'm not made of money by any stretch of the imagination. No, I know she's a character from Richie Rich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you, uh, I wasn't sure whether it was that or uh, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. Um, <laughs> but like, if you, if if I look at a dozen eggs and they're like uh, uh, six ninety nine or yeah, yeah. eight ninety nine. What for eggs? Well, I don't know. That doesn't seem expensive. All right, fine. Don't don't buy them for eight ninety nine. Well, I know, but you buy the ones that you know have gone to college and whatever. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, this all makes sense. It seems to be about the same right. to me generally. And you know, one's free run, and then one's free range, and then one's you know, freedom's just another word for nothing else to lose. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's interesting. They're losing their le- they're losing their eggs. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I don't know no uh, no better, and I haven't noticed no nothing. Yeah, bacon's expensive. Is it? Yeah. That's true. I bought some the other day. Yeah, it's big. Unless you go to uh, Rio Friendly Meats uh, and, uh, and and get one of their bacon sales. Okay, oh, things are cheap there. <laughs> they had a three pack of uh, anti and is it anti pasta like uh, as in uh, not pasta anti pasto like the um, they had like salami and like a a you know a pancetta pancetta no not pancetta uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, ha- yeah. like a ham, the ham, anyway, salted uh, th- ham, three, yeah, three, three yeah. pack, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you get two of those for ten dollars. That's good. That's a good deal. It's a good damn deal. Mm-hmm. It's a good damn deal. Yeah, uh, so much meat, and uh, they they were selling like packs of uh, Havarti cheese for a dollar. Oh, it's crazy. What a world. Uh, but they <laughs> they, have, they have a lot of pancetta sales, okay. and I don't know if it's because they're going to go bad like in seconds or, or well, not. It's salted, but... it's cured, so it shouldn't be going bad too. Yeah, fast. they they. Are your a good source of pancetta? You can get like, uh, and, th- and this sounds like I'm I'm mm. lying, mm. but I'm not. Yeah, you can get three packs of pancetta for five dollars. Three. Yeah, that's bacon. Yeah, that's the best thing about uh, breakfast. I guess it's sort of a bacon. I'm not a big fan of pancetta; it's too salty. But yeah, okay. 
I feel about it the same way you felt about chicken. Well, you should run it through some water and then uh, live your life. It's not for me. All right, but you got a song you say. Yeah, we got one more song, everyone. So this is Louis Jordan from way back when. I'm not too sure when because I didn't uh, look up what the song is from. This is uh, Louis Jordan uh, from way back in the past. This is the Jump Blues, everyone. That's what Louis Jordan did. And this is uh, There Ain't Nobody Here But Us Chickens, which is a song about uh, people stealing chickens again, but this time they don't get shot in the butt. All right. All right. Let's listen. Here we go. This is Louis Jordan. One night Farmer Brown was taking the air, locked up the barnyard with the greatest of care. Down in the hen house something stirred When he shouted, who's there? This is what he heard There ain't nobody here but us chickens There ain't nobody here at all So calm yourself and stop that fuss There ain't nobody here but us We chickens trying to sleep And you butt in And hobble, 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 hobble With your chin There ain't nobody here but us chickens there ain't nobody here at all You're stomping around And shaking the ground You're kicking up an awful dust We chickens trying to sleep And you butt in And hobble, 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 hobble It's a sin Tomorrow is a busy day We got things to do We got eggs to lay We got ground to dig And worms to scratch It takes a lot of setting Getting chicks to hatch Oh, there ain't nobody here but us chickens There ain't nobody here at all So quiet yourself And stop that fuss There ain't nobody here but us Kindly point that gun the other way And hobble, hobble, hobble off and hit the head was a song written by a fox <laughs> was it I don't know, i'm not sure anyway it's from a fox is uh well it just kill all the chickens in a chicken chicken i got i got it here saying that uh the song was uh, recorded in uh, 1946 
That, that sounds about right. I was going to guess that, but I decided to not. Do yeah, that. I think I think what happened there was uh, they they came and people went, "Hey, World War II's over," and they're like, "Oh, that's great. What do you want to do? Uh, dance to a song about chickens?" Yeah, and it's like uh, done. Still, still a rural. Yeah, a, a huge rural part of. Yeah, that the, guy stopped kissing that nurse and she, then just went, "Hey, I was talking about chickens," <laughs> and she went, uh, "Yeah, well, yeah, were, that'd be good." They were city people, but. St- you know, America at that time was still very much a rural country. Most people lived on, in rural areas at that time. Not now. Different now. But then. So the cow. phrase, uh, ain't nobody here but his chickens. Okay. Uh, is uh, from a 1908 uh, cartoon oh. or uh, anecdote in Everybody's Magazine. I see. Regarding a chicken thief. Yes. Who uh, said, uh, ain't nobody here but his chickens. Fine. When they asked ask him, it was in there. Yeah, yeah. It was picked up and reprinted by newspapers, reprinted far and wide, and became yeah. a common joke. So common. Yep. Then after, like someone went, uh, let's write a song. No, we've got wars to fight. <laughs> and they fought uh, t- uh, two wars. Two wars. Yeah. And then, uh, then big wars. Yeah. And then. Uh, wars to end all wars. And then went, okay, we've had two wars to end all wars. And yeah. anyone got, remember any chicken songs? <laughs> and I'm like, I got one. I got one. Based on an old joke. Hold my egg. Like yeah. I said. And I got a song called, I Say It's Broccoli and I Say to Hell With It. And I'm mm. like, all right, fair enough. Well, there's a bro- song, Broccoli, by uh, The Association on the 1969 album, eponymous LP, The Association. There's a uh, Dana Carvey song called Chopping Broccoli. There you go. That he does not know how to end, and I love that. <laughs> He's never known how to end it. Never had an ending for it. It's great. People hear it starting like, yay! And they're all excited. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, he feels like, oh, I got nowhere to go with this. <laughs> and there's no punchline. That's his career. One day he'll be on his deathbed and he'll go, oh, I get it. Uh, <laughs> what was it? What was the ending to that bit? Saying Brock and Chopoli. Yeah, Brock and Chopoli. <laughs> it's too late. Done. You're done, sir. And that's uh, the top five songs. Top five songs. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you want to listen to uh, more of that kind of stuff, uh, once again, um, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, all the episodes are available on our website, sneakydragon.com. That is true. The Wonderful Wizard of Oz is not about a wizard. No. That's a, neither the book nor the movie is about a wizard. Yeah. That's a lie. Whenever someone says something about like a title and go, that's a misleading title, I'm like, yeah, so is The Wizard of Oz. That's a total misleading title. Mm. Yeah, that's what you think it's about. You think, oh, this is about some sort of wizard and their magical things. Nope, yeah. not at all. You like a talking scarecrow? What? No. Why was there a warning about that in the title? <laughs> yes, why isn't it called Adventures of Dorothy in the Yeah, it's of a Oz. little girl from Kansas who's like yeah. teams up with a scarecrow and uh a uh, guy's made of tin who mm. likes chopping down things and a uh, lion who's scaredy cat. And uh, they fight a witch. Oh, well, what about the wizard? Eh, he shows up near the end a bit. The end. I guess he's sort of the the engine of the story, though. The motivation. Yeah, because he's the one, the reason they go on the yellow brick road. It's, it's like she's with, the reason he, she meets yeah, the scarecrow. It's like, the, it's like the, uh, the Grapes of Wrath where um, 
you know, at the beginning of it, uh, Tom Joad is told, you know what? The best grapes in the world. Put those, down those grapes. <laughs> Put down those grapes. Yeah. And he goes, oh, but I just got out of jail. What'd you get out of jail for? Stealing grapes. Ooh. I was, uh, you know, but they say only ladies can do that. Yeah. Only ladies can taste the grapes. Sure. And so I went to jail and I got uh, so angry. And it's like, well, you know, there's some grapes that are so delicious, they'll make you angry. Mm. Like, where are those grapes? And like, uh, they're in California. Sure. And so uh, the whole thing is like, he packs up and he's like, I'm going to find those grapes yeah. of wrath. And then uh, goes off to do it. I, it's like you've read the book and seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And play the video game. And play the video game. <laughs> the video game adaption. Use more wrath. And fell asleep to the audiobook. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing. I wonder how many people fall asleep to our show. A considerable amount. I can't blame them. I've been known to do it. Yeah. And then they dream. <laughs> they dream the dreams of our voices in their heads. Yeah. Neat. It is neat. Uh, By the way, oh, I, I don't think we should go see uh, the Marvel movie tonight. No, nah, I'm not that in- into it. Yeah, let's not do it. Okay. Okay. It's agreed. It's a pact. A death pact. I can't, if One man, of us sees it, will and die. And I don't want to mania <laughs> see that. Do you know who has not been in uh, almost any of the ads for that thing? I've not seen any ads for it. Okay, well, you you will. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the movies, yeah. and they're going to go, and you're going to go, I I didn't see any uh, trailers, and yeah. I saw no spoilers. Yeah. And it'll uh like, hi, welcome to the movies. <laughs> I'm the Wasp Lady, and I'm uh, Talkie Jim. Yeah. You know, and uh, let's ask you some trivia questions about the movie you're about to see. Yeah. So the big twist happens when, uh, shut up. Yeah, no, it's Shut awful. your goddamn fucking mouth. No shut one... up before the movie, you shut up. Up, you shut uppers shut the shit up as proven by babylon's colossal failure movies don't know how to promote themselves shut anymore. up yeah yeah oh no, what i was gonna say though was that uh the wasp you got mm. n- none of the wasp in any of the ads she says nothing uh really interesting mm. there's nothing no one cares yeah. about her wedding white anglo-saxon protestants are on their way out yeah also she was anti-vax so that was a problem oh was she yeah yeah both her and the actress uh who played Shuri, were uh, strong anti-vaxxers and uh, had a lot of uh, opinions. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if that affected anything. Hmm. Meh. I'd like to see, though, a movie, though, the next Marvel movie. It's just the two of them. The, where are they? Oh, they're in the hospital. Oh, when did they get vaccinated? Oh, they didn't think they needed it. Oh, it's too bad. Pointed commentary. Pointed by commentary the, by the screenwriters. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for sa- sa- thanks for sabotaging our film as well. I do like the uh, the fella who's uh, playing Kang, who's in um, Lovecraft. Jonathan Major. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a he's a good actor. He is very good. Yeah. 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 I I assume he'll be good. I'm looking forward to. He was good in Loki when he played he was a very different character. It wasn't but... low key at all. He was very high key in that role, and I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked that he played it like a crazy nerd kind of character, like. Yeah, just like you met this guy who was like really into some weird thing that he was really into. Yeah, like so he played it. It was kind of it was kind of fun. You were asking the kid about dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many dinosaurs do you know? Oh, how many dinosaurs? Are there? <laughs> let me, well, tell, let me you. tell you how dinosaurs work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm looking forward to the film. Well, this is okay. Let me say something about that. Uh, the not uh, seeing it. The uh, lo- yeah, not we're not going to see it. But uh, in Loki, that character you're talking about, yeah, uh, he was a character who was interested in something. And that made him interesting. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. You, you get, unfortunately, p- 
people uh, make that mistake when it's cool characters in movies. It's just like uh, I don't care. It's just like you know the cool characters yeah. in like a uh, you know Fast and Furious or something where they're the cool characters, very dismissive characters. And it's like, eh, who gives a shit then? Yeah, if yeah. you don't care, why do I care? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that how you feel? Yeah, I do. You're not or, like, oh, I wish I was like that guy. Wish I could not care. I like a, I like a character who's trying to solve a problem, who mm. cares about the thing that they care about. Okay. Yeah, it's more interesting to me. All right. Yeah, than uh, someone who's just just happens to be the best at yeah. what they are. <laughs> Damn it, that guy's the best. He's the best. Yeah, he's the transporter. That makes and he can <laughs> transport anything, and he's got all the skills, and he's the best. Yeah, yeah. And it's like all right. Yeah, like what is he never looks in the trunk. Yeah. That's yeah. his code. It's funny that you say that because I was thinking one time you complained about Honor Majesty's Secret Service because there's a scene in there where James Bond gets locked in the closet and he like and he can't get out right away. And to me, that's like and he's pounding on the door. He's pounding on the door. That's right. Yeah. And to me, and that's he's going help me, mommy. This <laughs> a problem. And making making tit sucking noises. No, I think that. But please, I like please Satan. I like that he. I like that he's not like perfect, and he he gets kind of yeah yeah f- fouled up. And then, and then later on, Daniel Craig was an even more like uh, uh, yeah, he was, got messed up. Yeah, a little messed up in the noodle. Yeah, I'm gonna get a uh, soda pop by the way. So uh, talk about things. The Daniel Craig one, I think, kind of went too far in that direction, though. Oh, too emotional. Too much emotion, yeah. Because ah. it's not really it's not really emotion. It's just it's more hist- histrionics on the part of the actor. And I think. Uh, you know, when you have a James Bond character, you want you want to like admire his um, some of his capabilities. If he totally seems totally incapable, what's the point? But what was nice about that character was that it kind of left you on uncertain of you know if he could succeed or not. You know, that's what's good about that's what's good about um, Casino Royale. Besides the fact that it's not the 1960s Casino Royale, which you know makes it immediately already greater than you know any other yeah. movie. But that who's the villain? Woody Allen. What? <laughs> okay. All right. It'll make sense in the future. Will it though? Okay, go ahead. Um no, I just like the fact that that film is so it's so analog and everything it does, you know, he runs so much in that film. He runs to the airport, he runs, runs through a wall. He runs through a wall. He runs down the down the hill and and uh you know to chase that car uh at the at the casino, the uh the name of the movie casino. And uh, yeah, it's just it's um, I just like that. I like that that tactile element of it, which I kind of think kind of disappeared later on in the series, where it became more like about cars and things like that and well, he mechanical also, objects. Yeah, he, he was he he had the uh, uh, Christian Bale uh, Batman problem, which is like um, you know first movie, uh, you know he's is you're new and you you're weird and you I don't know if he knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, but it's like okay now you esta- you put all the pieces in place so you end the movie with like and now we have James Bond and now we have Batman it's yeah. like all right cool and he's gonna fight the Joker oh that's good oh I like this <laughs> I, I look forward to future movies by the next movie you're over the hill yeah your yeah. <laughs> knees are shot you've had you got problems and like by the next movie what are you still doing here old man it's like you were the, just starting a second ago yeah, what's this about it's a strange uh it's a strange really fast uh that's a problem with hiring actors who are kind of i guess on the on the the verge of of aging out of the role already yeah my my problem with that with the with batman as well it, it really doesn't work for batman to be like you got bad knees yeah it's like well, who cares? Like yeah. he fights a guy called the Penguin, who's like, you know, a fat old man, <laughs> and the Joker is a gangly clown. Yeah, and he fights a woman who's like dresses as a cat. 
So it doesn't matter that he's got good knees. Like, yeah. you know, this isn't what it's about. By The Scarecrow. Yeah. It's the skinniest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like a strong yeah. breeze is blowing that guy sure, away. Sure. This isn't a battle of like strength. What about Ra's al Ghul? Ra's al Ghul is old as dust. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about these characters, so I'm just going to ask you questions. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he's just a guy who sort of his whole trick is coming back from the dead mm-hmm. and doesn't come back from the dead great. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, he's just a, an old guy, like yeah. so old. That's his, that's his whole deal. Everyone, you know, killer moth. I'm like, yeah. well, he's a guy is a moth. Like, just yeah. put a light bulb up and he'll fly into it and kill himself. Don't worry yeah. about it. Batman hasn't got a lot of problems with that. Yeah. No. I mean, really, like, Daniel Craig's James Bond should be like, I'm old. Have you seen the guy who was before me? He wore a girdle. Mm hmm. You know, you look at the Roger Moore films, they never make about a fuss about him being old. And he is he is old as dust when you get to, like, the last one, whatever it's called. But it was, uh, what's his name before him, right? John Connery. No, no, no. I mean, uh, but b- before uh, Daniel Craig, who was the James Bond? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, was, he wasn't he was wearing a girdle. No, 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 no. No, he's no. fine. But I'm just thinking about... Uh, and before they... him was, uh, you know, uh, Handsome Pete. You know, uh, Timothy Dalton. Timothy yeah. Dalton. Yeah, yeah. Who's uh, who? You know, I was watching a thing on him. Right. They're all handsome. Where they were uh, saying, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he he just wanted to make him violent again, and he was like kind of a charming, you know, lovable uh, James Bond. I was like, no, I want this guy to kill everybody. <laughs> like he's really violent. Like you're like, whoa, that's yeah. too violent. Yeah. And then made the movie really violent, and everyone's like torturing and violent, and it's like okay, because that was like their impression of like what made the James Bond books and movies like such a big deal was like sean connery would throw a toaster in and like just fry a guy and yeah, like, yeah. joke about it yeah and you know we now take that as like the thing but that wasn't the thing at all back then yeah you know humphrey bogart wouldn't kill a guy and then just go ah oh, you gave it a shot you know and then walk <laughs> away and smug little dance yeah none of that that was james bond's business yeah oof he's joking about it. this corpse is still smoldering Still in the tub. It's the... It's, ah, you can smell them. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, James yeah. Bond? I'm going to go get laid. Whoa, what? <laughs> After you just did that? Once again, Sam what Spade's the, not doing that. What was the joke he said to the person in the tub, though? Oh, uh, shocking. Oh, uh, all right. Not right. You're swimming against the current? I guess so. <laughs> it's not good. I'm just joking. Tough luck, tubby. <laughs> Save some for me. I don't know what else you do in there. Shocking's good. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, Did you ever play that game where it was like, uh, how does James Bond kill a person? And you say how they kill a person, and you got to come up with the uh, way he, what the line would be afterwards. No, it's also like a Schwarzenegger type. Thing. Okay, okay. So you know, it'd be like you know, so, you know, he gets like impaled on a hook, and it's yeah. like hang around. You know, it'd be that <laughs> that kind of thing. It's fun. So give me like one. Sorry to leave you hanging. Yeah, give me like something of uh, Uh, a way to kill a guy. Okay, okay. So Schwarzenegger or James Bond kill. Yeah, yeah. So they kill a guy by uh, releasing a bunch of wood that's uh, hanging up and it goes through the guy's head. A piece of two by four goes through the guy's head. You're not oaking around. (laughs) You're not oaking around. (laughs) Timber. There you go. That's better, Timber. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, simple simple is better. Yeah. You're barking up the wrong tree. Okay. so a guy's trying to cross the street, and he gets run over by uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger driving, driving a garbage truck. You look really run down today. <laughs> you look tired. <laughs> can he say, ain't I a stinker? Yeah, you can do the same thing. All right, I'll, g- I'll, g- I'll give you one. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I'm going to keep giving you ones. Okay. okay. Uh, he falls in acid there. He falls one. in acid? Yeah, there's one. 
So oh, I have, to, I have to do that one. Yeah, he falls in acid. Okay. Push a guy in acid. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything. How do you like that acid trip? <laughs> That's good. Right. It's like you had that set up, though. All right, so uh, there's a guy. Uh, he pushes a guy out of a skyscraper, like breaks right through the glass window, and the guy falls to his death. What a pain. It's <laughs> good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess you're finetred. <laughs> But it have to be a French skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what, what else can we do? Okay, so uh, he, uh, they're on a boat and he, he pushes the guy off the boat and the guy gets eaten by a shark. He gets eaten by a shark? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so he gets eaten, eaten by a, he gets eaten by a shark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess he took a bite out of crime. <laughs> the shark did? Yeah. That's, I guess the shark took a bite out of crime. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Um, How's that, Mr. Spielberg? <laughs> so, well, Steven Spielberg is directing this film? Well, I don't know. I think he's just like going like, how'd you like our shark? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, here. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, how about this one for the shark thing that you're finished? That's all right. All right. You're, that's all right. Yeah. All right. So then, um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> so... At the end of the movie, he traps the guy on an ice floe, and then the guy just floats off, and he's just going <laughs> to slowly starve. Oh. Hey, go with the flow. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Please, have mercy on me. I'm, I'm just going to slowly starve today. Go with the flow. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Poor guy. Unfortunately, with yes. Schwarzenegger... Then you also have a whole bunch of ice puns, but yeah, those yeah. would go with the Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so then, so then, as the flow is, the flow is slowly moving away from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. After he says that, go with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this this uh, killer whale jumps up and bumps the ice flow, flinging the guy into the air, and then he it lands in his mouth and he and he eats it, eats this guy. And it does. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Hey, watch Shamu with you. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> How would he say? That's a crying shamu. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, what a fluke. All right. Sure. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get. So, all right. So, James Bond is in Australia. Okay. And the villain goes to try and kill him. Okay. But he throws the weapon and it returns and hits the, the villain in the forehead and kills him. Okay. By impaling him. Well, I mean the, I mean that's. I think someone actually did did a joke like that on Simpsons, which was okay. that really boomeranged on you. Maybe that <laughs> okay, that's good. I, I would also, I would also like just yeah. uh, then he falls in and he's torn apart by uh, wild animals. Okay, and he would uh, go uh, and Dingo was their name. Oh, <laughs> this is James Bond, but that's fine. Yeah, and Dingo was your name. Oh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. Uh, there you are. All right, we'll go back to Arnold Schwarzenegger again. Schwarzenegger, yes. So, um, <laughs> let's think now. Okay, so <laughs> we're in Egypt. Okay. We're in Egypt. And uh, this guy's trying to... So G- Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. successfully goes across this tributary to the Nile Okay. on a rope. Yep. The other guy tries to do it and falls in the water where he's eaten by a crocodile. Right. Looks like someone's in denial. <laughs> That's good. What a croc. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> Italy. Flashpoint Italy. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, during, a, during a battle, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is driving in a tank and 
during a chase through. Wait. Yes. So he's in a tank in Italy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Part of Stripes. <laughs> okay. It's part of the ending of Stripes. Okay. It's a remake. Okay. Of Stripes. Okay. So he he crashes into the Leaning Tower of Pisa, okay. causing it to fall and okay. kill the villain. Right. Tanks for nothing. <laughs> All right, that's good. That's good. I like it. I can't think of anything. Come on, Eileen. <laughs> power of power. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything. All right. Um... Give Pisa a chance. <laughs> that's good. All right. Um, all right. We go to... We go to... Uh, where we go next? We go to Switzerland. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> okay. Getting tired of this? That's fine. All right. Just tell me when you want to stop. And I won't. Um... So Arnold Schwarzenegger and fellow the villain, they're 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 fighting each other on the Matterhorn. Right. This is not Disneyland. This okay. is the real Matterhorn. Yeah. And uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger knock, knocks this guy. Yeah. And he falls off the cliff face. Right. And tumbles down to his death. Right. I guess he's not neutral now. <laughs> What's the matter, horny? <laughs> <laughs> that's good yeah and uh, the guy tries to shoot yeah. him uh, but it doesn't the bullet just grazes him yeah and he goes that was a real swiss miss <laughs> that's good too yeah all right i love it i love it uh okay you gotta keep going <laughs> yeah, one enough. more one more <laughs> all right i mean people are listening to this right yeah like yeah okay all and right. by the way they're laughing let's <laughs> not go crazy <laughs> all right here we go um Let's go to um, Dateline. <laughs> let's go to no way. We're in <laughs> Dateline. Date Flashpoint. Dateline. We're in. We're in uh, Rio de Janeiro. Oh, okay. Brazil. Okay. All right. During a battle. Okay. This is a battle with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in a helicopter. Okay. Cra- crashes into the giant statue of Christ. Okay. Which topples over, crushing our villain who's in a boat down below. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger says. Okay. <laughs> Jesus cautions you, this I know, because the Bible tells me so. There we go, everyone. That's it. Yeah. Ended with a final uh, final religious element to the show. I thought that we, we needed that. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Can't think of... No, nope, we're good. Anyway, it's a fun... It's a <laughs> no, fun, I wasn't going to try and think of another scenario. It's a fun game to play yeah, it was fun. that everyone... Uh, I was enjoying it. Maybe too much. It. I was maybe enjoying it too much. Uh, I wanted to uh, throw a thing out... Uh, I'd probably be doing this near the beginning of the show, so that makes sense now. Okay. Uh, there, I'm just like, uh, uh, those of you that follow me on Facebook might know that uh, my cat got uh, sick uh, with a kidney disease, and my cat had a kidney disease. This is Cohen um, before stage two kidney disease, and uh, it's moved on to stage four, uh, and uh, and uh, we were. Uh, we had a real rough morning like a couple of days ago where, you know, we took we took him in and we, we had enough, uh, which was a couple of hundred bucks yeah. to get him checked out and get all these tests. And then we're told, you know, that, you know, how much it would be to, uh, you know, uh, bring him in to kind of get him flushed out and some other things that mm-hmm. needed to be done. Yeah. And it was just this amount that was just, uh, you yeah. know, it was just... It was just, it was this, it was, I, I just, I just looked at the look on, on, on Pia's face and it was this look of, it was just, a, it was just a look of despair, yeah. you know, it was just look of like where you want to, you know, you want to help, you know, you want to do something and then, 
just the way circumstances have lined up, you know, lately, we just, there was just no way. Yeah. And we're like, no, we'll just, you know, just bring him home and we'll try to take care of him and do the best we can, but he deserves more, you know? And I know he's just a, I know you could just go, it's just a cat, you know? But you know you you know what it's like with a with a with a pet you yep. you bond with with these animals and so I went I was like you know what I'm just gonna like suck it up uh, and uh, went online and 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 mentioned what we were going through and you know if we could get some help on this we would appreciate it but we understand whatever whatever yeah and uh, and it was just an amazing amount of uh, help we got. Including from yourself, and so thank you very, very much to everybody. It just meant the world, and uh, he's home now, and we're taking care of him as best we can. And uh, he and I appreciate uh, also our friend uh, Nettie uh, mm. gave me some uh, good advice That's nice. on things. Thank you, Nettie. Yeah. And so, because they're uh, Craig and Nettie are uh, veterinarians, really good veterinarians, uh, and they specialize with cats. So, they specialize uh, with cats. That's yeah. right, because we know what they did with dogs. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, listen, the, the less said, the better. Yep. We all heard the scandals. We all heard the. This is all a joke. Don't sue. <laughs> Don't sue. It's not fun to sue. Also, it's hard to sue people in Canada. It's not worthwhile. Yeah, it's, it's not, not worth your while. It really is. It's there's, not worth your while. There's a cap. Five thousand dollars is the most you can get. Yeah, yeah. If that's worth your time, and yeah, barely pays for the lawyer. The, pro- the problem is like when you've got like uh, a sick animal, you make the good choice and bad choice to go online and check things, and mm. you know you get like all the different woof yeah. this and this, and you learn. Oh, <laughs> you learn that you shouldn't go on terms, and you learn <laughs> this value is bad, and this value means this, and mm. this value means you live this long, and this blah, 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 and all this other stuff. And one thing I like that, uh, first of all, thank you again, Nettie, for uh, you know getting your feedback and second opinion. That really meant a lot, and sent some videos uh, because we're going to be doing some subfluids uh, for for the, for the cat. And we we did that with our cat August. But like six years ago, yeah. it was a long, long time ago. Yeah, so yeah. we're trying to figure it. We're learning, relearning that, and we're going to be doing that for the first time in like about two more days. Uh, so it was nice to get those videos and 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 uh, and and what have you. But uh, yeah, you get oh boy, it was it was it, the one thing I like that my vet is doing is uh, and it's it's like an old saying, but you treat the patient, not the numbers. Okay. And if you just look at the numbers, you just go, well, this means this, and this means this, and this means this amount of time you got, and this is this. But I know from, like, the last two cats we've had, that was not accurate at all. Okay. Because, you know, both of them hung around and were did did well for longer than expected and what and whatnot. And things could go the other way, too. You never know. You never know. You never know. So uh yeah it's nice it's nice getting a couple of different opinions and whatnot but like we took him in and his numbers were not good and they've improved quite a bit in the last 2 days so we're going to try and keep that up and just love the heck out of him and you know he's just a little sweetie yeah we adopted him when he was 8 mm-hmm. and so we knew we wouldn't have you know infinite time with him and that was part of it you know, it was just like, okay, we're just going to love you for as long as we got you. But uh, there's a little bit of me that's like inside. It's going like, I know so many people who have cats who live into their 20s. Mm. That it's just like, I want, mm, I kind of want that. I'm jealous for that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I thought like yesterday we were looking at a very short time. Mm. And it was nice today to be getting things where like, 
well, we'll check on him in a month and then three months and then six months and then a year. And it's like, I like that a year is like being even mentioned in the conversation. Okay, so that's good. That is, uh, that is really, really nice. And it's nice to have him back home. And once again, thank you to everybody who uh, were so kind and so generous with your, uh, with your words, with money, with everything. It all meant the world. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. So there. And now Dave with rebuttal. <laughs> Ian, you ignorant slut. Dogs um, are better, what's, and what's, here's why. <laughs> yes. St. Bernard will go through <laughs> the Arctic wasteland. He'll go up the Matterhorn to find that villain lying in the... Yeah, it's been, it's been strange because I've been doing um, daily uh, comics, uh, yes, like yes. diary comics. Yeah, and so it's it's hard not to make them all about cats <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, one I'm going to be drawing today that's uh, a funny, gruesome image uh, that uh, we went in today to um, to to relearn how to use these needles, mm. and so I'm probably going to be doing a flashback image to uh seven years ago when we learned how to do them for our cat august yeah and uh who's the basis of august in uh sparks and so is charlie there do you know that it's true uh <laughs> and uh and uh, my aim was poor okay uh when i learned yeah uh last time uh what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to take uh this little uh little flap of skin in your cat's back and you pick it up and you put a little needle in there and it yeah. fills it up with like a saline uh, fluid and it's a thing. Uh, we were we were practicing that and um, went in my finger <laughs> three times. Oh man! I kept fucking up. <laughs> I kept fucking up, and it would be like you know, oh fuck. Okay, well were I'm just like... going to I'm going to put the cat back on so it's safe. Yeah. What? No, nope. That was not <laughs> in, in any way. Oh shit! Um, and and uh, uh, I didn't know, but I'm what you call a spurter, uh, apparently. Mm. Uh, and and the. Uh, the Very event, popular in uh, it, in porn, the step porn, porn in, in, step porn, in, in, yeah, thing, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's uh, and then the uh, uh, the nurses uh, aide came in, and uh, both me and my wife were covered in <laughs> like it just looked like scanners. Like it was just, it was bad. Yeah, uh, and like we're getting the hang of it. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they said. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was before it was on blood thinners. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, Pia, Pia didn't do the uh, insertion of the needles last time because she's got a needle issue. But she's like, okay. I'm going to now. I'm going to learn how to okay. do it. Okay. We'll do it and we'll do it. Uh-huh. And it is a really, it's a, it's a, it's a very painless uh, thing for the cats. And it really does help them so much that it's like, it's just this kind of miracle technique okay. you know, that uh, seems really weird. Yeah. Because you've got a cat, and you've got an IV, and you're at home, mm. and you're putting a needle in your cat, and it looks like you're filling them up with juice. And then they end up with a camel's hump on their back, oh. uh, you know, that goes down almost immediately. Yeah, yeah, okay. But for a while, you know, it's whoosh, 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 whoosh. <laughs> a real camel back. Yeah, but it really uh, helps them out, and it makes them feel much better. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Huh. Pets. Am I right, everyone? Pets. I tells you. I tells you. I tells you. It's fun, like funny. At our house... Um, after after Boo left us, L aged a hundred years. It's so huh. weird. Like I don't know if it was like the contrast because we had old Boo, and so in, in contrast, L seemed young. But now that there's no old Boo, L just seems like as old as as the Ark. Like he's just so like he he, he almost immediately got like a bad hip. Oh, okay. So he like walks with a limp now. Um, and then that's not just the winter. No, no. It just started like almost right away after after Boo left. 
and he's gone deaf. Mm. He's gone completely deaf. Oh wow! So he'll he can hear like loud. Like if you, if you clap, he'll he'll look at you. But other than that, he's like he doesn't hear you talk like talk to him and stuff like that. Does he have an appetite still? Yep, he's still yeah uh, quite quite hungry. And we've taken the feeding. That's him. good. That's good. Yeah, and we've kind of um because Boo's gone now, we can feed him at you know like just put stuff in his bowl all the time so he can eat whenever he wants. Um, and he doesn't have to eat kosher anymore. Because Boo is very orthodox. Very, very yes, very orthodox. Boo's little, this little beanie and this little curl, curly hair down the side of his. Yeah, the vet tried to give him a tattoo, and he went, "No, Mm -hmm. no, yeah, because I can't be buried in the cemetery. You can't be buried in the Jewish cemetery, exactly." (laughs) So, and they told him he can't. They don't bury dogs. (laughs) And then he's also, I don't know if he's starting to like develop dementia, but he won't. He won't like lay down anymore. Like, he used to just, like, lay down at night and just be sleeping with us because when we're in the living room. But now he, like, wanders around. He'll wander into the lit kitchen and then back around. And then he'll, like, come and he'll, like, want to get petted for a bit. And then you say, pet him. And then he, and he's very, very aggressively wants to get pet. Like, he'll put his hand on you, like, hand. he put his paw up on your leg. Right. Kind of like, what are you doing? Not petting me. And then so you pet him for a bit. And then you're like, okay, go away. Oh, that's good enough. You know, how much, how much petting do you need in your life? He comes back again. He's like, it's "More, please." And then, yeah, and he'll wander all over the house, especially at nighttime. Like, at, interesting. When we go to bed at night, I can I can hear him wandering around, exploring. It's very strange. I don't, I don't know. I wonder if there's something you know. If you're saying he's deaf now, if there was something that was like a comfort to him that was a sound or something, mm. or maybe he's trying to get that same yeah, you yeah, know yeah. The sound and touch because dogs are real creatures of habit mm. so i think like you know, maybe when one of the senses goes away then the habit is broken and they're trying to re redo the habit Could i don't be. know yeah. yeah just i mean just i mean do you, do, does, does he go for walks and stuff he does yeah yeah some days it's better than others yeah and it's weird in the mornings he's he's more like he has more flexibility like he doesn't favor his, his hip very much right but in the late part of the day then he's really quite sore and has trouble going up the stairs and things but um but in the morning yeah he just like goes terracing out of the house to go mm. pee and then later on the day he's like limping around like oh ouch it's weird interesting yeah it seems, also, which is the opposite also, of me yeah <laughs> like, i get up in the morning i'm all like ouch ooh, ee, and yeah then, and you're in the back here taking a whiz <laughs> well it takes a while for me to get out there i have to yeah. work, work towards it uh, whereas he's just like whoop out the door and ready to go that's odd just how to bring it up. Cats it's a, are it's, aging pet family. Yeah, it's like so much of uh, so much of uh, being a, a pet person is solving mysteries <laughs> constantly. Yeah, like when you when you first get your animal, you're, you're just like, why is it like this? Why is it scared of brooms? Yeah, yeah. Why is it okay? What happened? Okay, you sort of well, figure yeah. it out. You sort of figure out mm-hmm. what what you're what they're back. Okay, this is how they had a bad time. This is how they had a good time. This yeah. is how they okay. You're figuring it out. You're figuring it out. And then as they get older, you're like, so what's going on with you? Okay, why are you favoring that? What's going on? And again, you're you're figuring out your mysteries, and that's what we were doing with him. Yeah, you know, uh, too it was just like. Okay, are you having a trouble jumping up? No, you seem to be okay with that. Are you like not drinking? No, you're drinking. But there's something, there's something amiss. What is this? Yeah. And then you know you're comparing it with past cats, and but every cat is so freaking different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I don't know how vets do it. Honestly, I don't know how vets can figure out this. You know, I I know they. You know, you take your tests and you do the blood work and you do whatever. Sure. But you just have to get so much information from people about just like, mm. and is he used to? <clears throat> and then because almost everything that we got from, you know, we're, we're describing things. You know, it's like it could be this 
Or it could be this. Yeah. Or it could be this. Yeah. Or maybe this. And, you know, and uh, so here's the ways it could go. Like that. Or like that. Or like that. And I can't tell you what the path would be because, you know, all cats are different and it's... Uh, yeah. You know, but... Try your best with this. And, and if that doesn't work, then yeah. forget about it. And, you and have we'll to just trust, throw that out the window and we'll just do this. You have to trust the owner to be telling you the truth as well. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, are they giving you the full story? Or are they trying to like, like I have, we have friends who run an animal emergency clinic in Langley, right on the Langley-Surrey border. And so they get a lot of people from Surrey. And a lot of the, because they're an emergency clinic, a lot of the problems are animals that have ingested drugs. But the people won't admit that. They won't admit that. They don't want to admit that they had like a bunch of cocaine on the, the coffee table and the dog ate, ate so, the bag or whatever. So as a doctor, do they have to then tell the police if no. the dog's full of coke? No. Then fuck it. Then there's got to be like a sign there just going, <laughs> we don't give a shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, they do tell that to the people, but yeah. they still won't admit it. We don't give a shit. I guess it feels like, oh, I don't want to admit that I'm careless, like that I would leave stuff out. That yeah. That would, and then like, makes maybe me if look they're bad. coming in as a couple, one of them knows something that the other one doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. You just want to divide them up and just go like, <laughs> why don't you both just write on slips of paper yeah. what you think this could be? It's funny when, when Miss, and the other thing is like when you get a dog, like, you know, all of our dogs, well, Boo, except for Boo, all of our dogs have been ad- adopted. And Al was, Al obviously had like a really like loving home that he came from. He's a very loving dog, and he's very good-natured, and loves kids, and he grew up, you know, he grew up with a kid, and and so he's he's very much very good that way. But when we got Misty, Misty was scared of brooms, like you said that, yeah. like scared of brooms, scared if you walked over her, if you stepped over her, yeah, she would like startle and try and get out of the way. Then you would accidentally kick her, like she would fulfill the prophecy, right? Because yeah, but she she liked to be near us, so she'd be like in the doorway and stuff. So you go to step over, her and she just like whoa. Um, later she, she got better. Like she realized we weren't going to, but, and she didn't like old ladies. Ah. And so we, we kind of like, you can kind of piece together that she loved old men. She loved pickup trucks. So you know that she lived in a family with an old guy who had a pickup truck, right. liked to take her for rides. The, the wife didn't like, didn't like her. She got hit by brooms, kicked. And so she had a hip problems Yeah. when she got older, maybe from that, maybe just, but it also, I think it's a common thing. So to what I'm getting from this is. That she had an enemy that was a witch. <laughs> or an old lady. Okay. That also... I'm just thinking an old lady with a broom. Yeah, yeah. Witch. Okay. Like, I think you're in witch, witch denial. Lady? Witch lady? Uh, the who? Okay. <laughs> what are you talking she about? She worked for the World Health Organization. How could we still be going on about this? So, um... Why? That's a good question. Yeah. No, wait, uh, I'm just going to... Just out sure, of nowhere. Sure. Um, my so, wife's uh, TV series, Why the Last Man, yeah. uh, just won a Clio Award uh, for best... Uh, like a bronze... For a best ad. Oh. For a commercial for why. That was a weird thing. It was yeah, yeah. yesterday. I was like, how is it still winning an award? <laughs> anyway, so That's there awesome. we go. But please continue. Interesting. I was just going to say, because um, it's, it's interesting, like with with both Albert and and Boo, like you could step over them. You could like, I could put my foot on, on their head. <laughs> I felt like it. I like it not. I wasn't like trying to hurt them. I was just like jokingly like pat them with my foot or whatever. Right. And then they were fine with that. Like they had no, because they were never, they weren't kicked. So they didn't go, oh my God, that's a foot. Um, and we don't sweep in the house. So they never, they don't even know what a broom is. They've never. Do you ever think of attaching things to your dog so they can. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> Change his name to Roomba? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. A Roomba. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Yeah, thank you. Just put a little broom on their tail and then make them happy. Thanks for noticing. Then everyone wins. <laughs> Have you ever done something where you're like surprised that you're competent? Oh, that's interesting. Let me sneeze and then... Okay. 
I can sneeze on command. That's very good. God bless you, by the way. All right. Um, uh, I, I'm assuming that you've got a story. I do. It's a follow-up story. I do. So I'm going to turn turn things over to your story that's prepared. Yeah. And perhaps I will think of something in the meantime. All right. Well, um, what did, what did you well, not realize you were confident Here's something on? kind of excited. We bought a new television on the weekend. Oh, nice. I wasn't planning Color? on it. It's, it's a color television. <laughs> it's very, it's very large. It's like too that, large. It's a game changer. A big TV? Uh, no, no, a color. Oh, color. Oh, you can so remember? different. Yeah. I can remember when we it went just from makes color the Zapruder film color. pop. <laughs> and I know you're a real conspiracy nut. I think you're going to enjoy I do, it. I am a big fan of the Zapruder <laughs> film. Um, so no, we got a new television. So I was, I had to put a, a wall mount bracket in. This doesn't do the story, but I put I had to put a wall mount bracket <laughs> okay. up. In the living room. And so I created a lot so of... So what you're good at isn't telling stories. I created a lot of debris <laughs> while I was doing this. And so I brought the vacuum upstairs. And so I was vacuuming up this stuff. And then I saw on the floor in the hallway... I don't know how I got there. I think that one of the animals was was digging around. But there was some like fake snow. Oh. Like, you know, like the material kind of fake snow. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, I'll just vacuum that up. And so I went zip over it with the power head. It like got into the power head brush and then zoomed to the either end of it and like totally tangled up in there causing it to stop turning so then i was like oh my gosh so i went and got a screwdriver Mm -hmm. and i turned over the power head and i unscrewed all the screws actually i used a drill for this but anyway let's pretend i'm using a screwdriver for the visual let's pretend visual so i unscrewed it it's good to have visuals on the yeah 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 yeah. picture this please and so i took all the screws out and then i like pried apart the the power head so i get to this brush and then I hear all this like ting, cling, clang going on inside. I'm like, oh, what have I, oh. what's going on here? Oh. So I got the brush all fixed up and stuff like that. I took, I took all this stuff out. And it was weird. It was like it had like inserted itself into the inside the brush almost. But it's like riveted on either end. So I couldn't take it apart to like. So I had to like turn the brush and unwind it out. This, so anyway, don't vacuum up fake snow okay. at your house. Unless it's like the powdery kind that's kind of like glitter. That's fine, I imagine. But this was not, this is not good. So just leave it alone. Take the time to bend over and pick it up. So, but anyway, so I took all this stuff apart. And then I realized, like, my vacuum has this thing where, like, you press on, like, a little lever and it raises the vacuum up on one side. And the other side, you press on a little lever and it allows you to uh, disengage the, the, uh, the, 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 you know, the tube and then have it in an angle. All right. Otherwise, it's locked in an upright position. And you press on this little pedal or whatever lever, and then it, then it unlocks, and then you can do that. So I realized I'd messed up both of these, mm. and I had no idea how they fit together. So I'd never seen them before, and I had no idea how they work. Oh. And so I'm like, you know, I flipped it over, which is what I should have done in the first place. Like, did it upside down, because then they wouldn't have fallen apart. They would have just been, like, sitting where they belong. But I didn't know this. I didn't know this. <laughs> And so then I had to figure out like how this little dial thing, and there's like two springs just there, a little kind of washer with a divot in it, and then a this kind of odd, like sort of oval shaped thing that turned, and then another part that fit into it. So somehow I was able to like guess my way into how it all worked, put it all back together, and then connect it all before it was time to leave for choir. That was the most the best part. I didn't oh, wow. like, wasn't late for choir, although I was late because I couldn't find my phone. That's a different story. So then I got it all together. <laughs> And then I, and then it worked. And I was like, oh, I don't know what I did, but I got it back together. So that there you go. Huh. I've never even seen like that before. Anyway, it's something my brother can do, and my father-in-law when he was, uh, when he was, you know, a, 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 you know, together. Like he's kind of going, going, 
Getting, he's getting old. Let's put it that way. He's, okay. He's, he's more frail now than he was when I was when I was younger. When he was just like could take an engine apart while whistling, you know. <laughs> and I'd just be like, I don't know what's going on. I don't even know what you're doing. I can't even whistle. <laughs> I can't even whistle. You can't whistle. You no. seriously can't whistle. No, I can whistle. Okay, okay. Um, I just because someone else today. I have family members that can't whistle. Okay. I'm married to someone who can't whistle. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, was I figured out how to whistle with uh, like two fingers. A while back, because I was like, used to see that in movies. I'm yeah, like, how yeah. do you do that? And I was like, you know what? Damn it, I'm gonna figure this out. And I mm. sort of figured it out. Ask me to do it now, I probably can't do it. But yeah, I, yeah. But I plus could. it's too loud. I don't want you to. No, it's too loud. Noises By the way, here's how you do it. Yeah. I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. It's like so you whistle. Like, yeah. All right, you learn how to whistle, mm-hmm. and then you put a finger in your mouth. Yeah. And now you whistle with a finger in your mouth, one finger in your mouth. Okay. And like work your way around, like okay, and you keep whistling, like all right, that's how you whistle. Now put another finger in your mouth. Ooh. Now learn how to whistle like that. And like okay, you're figuring that out. Oh, then that's it. Yeah, that's how you do it. Lisa can do that. She's I've always been able to do that since I've I know I've known her. It's like something people in 1930s movies, you know, when they're hailing a cab, yeah, everyone yeah. can do it. Yeah, I guess at the time it was like a necessary sound. Yeah, because you couldn't yell. You weren't allowed to yell. <laughs> it's not that you can yell. It's, just, it's better to have a piercing whistle than it is to yell. I'm like, I don't have a yelly voice. So here's I, I what. Okay, here broadcast. was a surprise to me of something I was good at. Okay, uh, I've had this compliment three times now. Okay. And it's strangers. <laughs> just say this to me. Yeah. While I'm swimming, hmm. you got a great pace. Oh, really? Yeah. I wish so I, like, I wish you I had your like pace. Keep like a regular, a good regular pace. Like I'll be, yeah. sw- I'll, I'll be doing laps. Yeah. And then someone like, and they'll go like, take your fingers out of your mouth. What are you saying? And um, <laughs> it's not, it's not good after you've had your hands in the water. And um, and they go, uh, yeah, good. you've, uh, you got a really good pace. Keep mm. a real good pace. Oh, that's nice. I'm like, oh, all right. That's I don't what. I don't really understand what that. Uh, I guess, yeah, okay, but but yeah, I uh, I, I get into a rhythm and then I uh, I can swim like forever. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've had that compliment now three times, and and it's nice because uh, I have a lot of childhood memories of swimming where I was not complimented for my swimming. Is that right? Where it was like uh, I was a bad swimmer. Mm. My worst my worst childhood uh, swimming memory is one where there was like some sort of uh, bu- series of races with like the Cub Scouts in swimming and i uh, I was not doing well i was always last (laughs) Uh. and then there was the final one and i was told uh by my coach don't worry about this one it doesn't matter how fast you swim because it doesn't matter anymore (laughs) and he's telling it telling me that like i'm remembering back going like oh i guess that that's not a good thing yeah but he's like yeah don't worry about it like okay so I just swam super slow because who cares? <laughs> and then people started booing me. Like you're booing a child swimming. That's terrible. And it's just like, yeah, you said it didn't matter. Yeah, mm. but not that slow. Well, I don't know what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> and then uh, I went to change in the change room and like usual, there were snakes in there. And I was like, well, this is trauma. This is just trauma. Little, uh, little green snakes. Oh, as really? your, uh, Yeah, I don't need that. I don't need yeah. like... You know, nude men and, yeah. and snakes. He said, who put these motherfucking snakes in the change? Yeah. Room? And that yeah. went over real good <laughs> uh, back then. As they didn't a child. get it. They just didn't get it. Yeah. You were a visionary. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson was uh, technically alive. Technically very much alive. Probably just Samuel Jackson at the time. Samuel Jackson? Probably. He yeah. wasn't. We didn't have the L in there. No? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, because I'm sure he put the L in there for... Uh, uh, working reasons, tax purposes. Well, now you got me wondering what his first job was. Let's see, Samuel. L. His first acting job. Yeah. Okay. 
So okay. Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Let's see what his first uh, famous, acting job. So people know Samuel L. Jackson is uh, no. a is a famous American actor. Right. Who is seventy four years old. Seventy four years old. So he's most he's most well known yeah. for giving my wife uh, an Eisner Award. Ben's no one. Was it an Eisner Award? Yeah. She gave he gave her uh, an Eisner Award for uh, Why the Last Man. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was like uh, that night she won. They won two awards. One was. For uh, best penciler and inker, okay, and that, and uh, there was also one for best comic, and I think Tom Lennon gave her the one for best comic. I think Samuel L. Jackson gave her the one for best. Uh, These penciler. are uh, big time uh, presenters for a comic book award. It's a big, uh, it's a big deal, man. I guess so. Still fucking around. They not... also got an award from Stan Lee and uh, what's her name from The Good Place, Kristen Bell. Yeah, it was them presenting. Okay. And uh, she got one. Okay, previous, uh, previous. Uh, was she awards. on stage to help Stanley look tall? Yeah, that's all right. right. Makes sense. Yeah, that's all. Uh, actress's job is to make the <laughs> other person look tall. <laughs> all is... right, so I'm going all the way back to the first. Uh, okay, together for Ooh, okay, uh, together for days. He was uh, he was played a character named Stan. Okay, and that was in 1972. So if he was Samuel L. Jackson then, yeah. Know, but uh, my my memory is from seventy five. Yeah. Uh, the next work he got was in Moving On, where he played a patrolman, yeah. uncredited. I see. In the TV series, so we can't. That doesn't count. No. Then d- the displaced person, uh, in a, which was a TV movie, and that he played the character of Sulk. Okay. So yeah, together for days. Let's take a look. Uh, playing uh, Sam. That was a, a black radical activist. Okay. Uh, and a wa- young white woman find themselves drawn to each other during the politically and racially charged atmosphere of early 70s America. And there, that actually was in early 70s America. It was actually at the time of, yeah, early 70s America. That's not wrong. Very topical. Yeah, okay, so let's see. But was Samuel L. Jackson, did he go by Samuel L. Jackson back then? <laughs> this is the question. Yes. But why wouldn't he? You're saying he wasn't in SAG at the time or whatever the... Uh... Yeah, the only reason you would name yourself that is because there's another Sam Jackson. Yeah, yeah. And of course there would be because it's such a common name. Is it? Sam Jackson? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sam's a very common name. Is it? Jackson's an incredibly common name. Okay. I can't see how... Uh, that would be, let's see. Start his I just career. didn't realize that Jack was so prolific. What's this? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, here it says he started his career on stage making his professional theater de- debut in Mother Courage and Her Children in 1980. But wait, we know he was working in the 70s. Yeah. So what's what's this shit about? What's the deal? Yeah. There we go, 70s. I, I guess maybe that's like a leading role where he actually had like a... He wasn't just an uncredited policeman or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure. There's nothing I... I, I don't know what to tell you. Well, we, sometimes life... Is a mystery, and sometimes it needs mystery. And sometimes he gets eaten by a shark. Sometimes he gets eaten by. A and shark. then, and then you say, "What? What's the what's the joke?" Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten by a shark, and he goes, "What does he say?" Uh, the shark says, uh, "That was a Royale with cheese." <laughs> nice. There you go. That's a movie reference. That shark is a movie fan. <laughs> He's a big fan of Pulp Fiction. He loves that movie. Excellent. I think I think it's great. That it's in chapters and like telling the different stories. Yep. He really likes that. I miss when he used to show up at the end of Marvel movies and just go, you're in. And like, oh, nice. <laughs> Hooray, they'd say. Yeah. Taloo, tale. He'd be so happy. I thought you were talking about the shark at first. I was like, what? Yep, the shark. You're in the Avengers. <laughs> shark I'm but Sharky. You're in the Avengers. No, because Sharky is uh, in uh, Suicide Squad. And that's DC oh, Comics. Oh, is that his name? I didn't realize No, it's it. not his name. Okay. His name is King Shark. Okay, well, it could be Sharky. You're thinking uh, CEO uh, Sharky. 
which is uh, yes, you hockey puck. CPO, sir, Sharky. Yes, CPO. Yeah, Don uh, Don Knotts. Yes, commander of the post office, Sharky. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. You don't know what? I don't know what CPO stands for in CPO Sharky. No, I don't either. I'm sure they explained it on the show. Something officer, commanding public officer. I don't think so. What was his deal? He yelled at a tall guy. That's all I remember from it. He yelled at a tall guy, yeah. and I think he rode a bike on the boat. He was on a boat. What? And the opening title sequence has him walking, and then he gets on a bike, and he rides a bike on the boat. Yeah. And then uh, I think that's the end of it. And then he maybe uh, talks to a tall guy and goes, you're tall, you oh. hockey puck. <laughs> that's the first time I heard that used as an, as a, as an insult. And never again. Um Check out this motherfucking hockey puck, huh? So why, o why must, are you saying both? O must be officer. Sure. But I don't know. Is it CPO Sharky? It was CPO. I'm pretty, pretty sure you're right. Okay, here we go. It's CFO Char- Sharky. Chief Financial Officer Sharky. All right. Here we go. Uh, CPO Sharky, uh, Chief Petty Officer. There you go, everyone. Petty Officer. It's on a boat. And uh, the people he was looking after. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, there was Seaman Lester uh, Pruitt. Seaman. What did I say? Seamaster? No, you said Seaman. That's what I'm, uh, that's what he, I'm was a, he was Sharky's assistant. He was a tall, lunk-headed southerner. Okay. Who, oh, oh. Uh, who often shared his homespun homilies oh. with the uninterested Sharky. <laughs> uh, you hockey puck? There was also Daniels. Okay, Daniels. Who was described here yep. as a hip black. Ah. Not a hip black person. Yeah. Just a hip black. Okay. <laughs> which I think was a device that you used to like knock people out sure. in 40s it's movies. It's kind of like a hip check. Yeah. There's Kowalski, all right, who was Polish. Okay. Uh, there was uh, Skolnick. Was he Polish? Was he? There were all these all Americans are on this boat. Yeah, uh, right. but uh, yeah, Polish. There was uh, Skolnick, who was a Jewish New Yorker. All right. There is uh, Mignoni, Italian. <sighs> yeah. Rodriguez. Getting tired. Puerto Rican. Yep. Shimakawa. Were they in the United Nations? Was a Japanese immigrant. <laughs> okay. Great. It was also in the, in the Navy. Uh, yeah. Hmm. They were uh, described as a motley mix of uh, ethnicities. I'll say. <laughs> I guess they gave uh, Don Rickles a targets for his hilarious, well, his immediate slightly superior, racist humor. Let me tell you. About yeah. Uh, was, uh, was Lieutenant Whipple. Yeah. Who uh, had buck teeth. Oh, no. So there's a lot of buck teeth humor every episode about his buck teeth. Nice. And uh, then uh, get this. Yeah. There's Captain Quinlan. Okay. Check this out. Yes. She's a woman. <gasps> oh, no. And she was his superior. Outrage. Yeah. Outrage. Yeah. Yeah. Sharky had a hard, hard time accepting that at first. Yes. A hard time in his pants. <laughs> Is that what they say in that article? No. Oh. They do not. <laughs> they do not. Say that at all? They do not. I, I can see at some point someone would have said the jokes just write themselves. <laughs> with all those, with all those ethnicities. It got two seasons. Ethnicities. Yep. Got two seasons. And Don Rickles on it. Did get three seasons though. It didn't get into uh, get into, into syndication. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what. Okay. So how how far that okay. would carry? So Pruitt, who's the tall guy? All right. All right. In this, yeah. I realize this. Oh, uh-huh. he's a tall guy. Big ears. Uh, yep. Bit of a Adam's apple sticking out. Okay. All right. So here we go. Yeah. Here are three of the insults All right, that they list here for him. Sure. Why don't you put bicycle pedals in your ears and ride yourself out of here? I don't. Yeah. What? Right? 
Is he takes that's a thinker. Okay. Or is it a stinker? <laughs> okay. It's uh, if it said quickly enough, I guess it uh, passes. Why don't you go elope with a moose? Mm, I guess he's tall. Moose are tall. And here we go. But he's not Canadian. That's the weird part of that. Last time I saw a head like that was at a wa- on a wall over a bar in Teaneck, New Jersey. You big dummy. <laughs> now the nice the thing cherry is, on top is the big. The dummy. nice thing is, yeah. you big dummy. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part of it. Yeah. So, okay, give me give me something like a person. All right, I'll try one of these. All right. Uh, now I'm not going to do an ethnic one. Obviously, no, no, I won't do that. To I you. don't want to be canceled. Okay. All by right. the cancel culture. Sure, I'll give you one that's easy. Because you know our audience is pretty woke. <laughs> so just well, give me like a physical I you said they fall asleep to the show. Characteristic. Right. Uh, yeah. Of, of blindness. Someone. What's that? Blindness. Blindness. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> so now, I don't want us to get canceled. At least you don't have to see how ugly you are, you <laughs> fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. That, that Once kind again, of thing. That's the nice, cherry right? on top is the also, fucking I'm son of a bitch. Also, I'm very surprised that in the military, where they're going to have to fight in a war, <laughs> yeah. they got the blind guy. This is a Navy, by the way. So it's fine. He's on a boat. And you don't need to see on a boat. Don't need to see. No, no. It's... But they're called seamen. No. And they can't see, man. No. <laughs> that makes no sense. But it doesn't mean the same thing. Like, you're thinking it means that they see. It just means that they often ejaculate in their pants. Come again? <laughs> you big dummy? <laughs> so. Anyway. Okay, let me try. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> All right, let me try something else. I'll try something else for you. Uh, so this person's physical <laughs> blindness. So unfair. Anyway. This person's really blind. <laughs> That's right. This person's in a wheelchair. This person adopted a blind baby. <laughs> this person this person's a wheelchair. No, nobody's joking. Okay. This person has uh, protruding ears. Well, the, 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 the person had protruding ears. <laughs> no, that was the whole damn thing. <laughs> sorry. All right. Hey, short-term memory loss, you big dummy. All right, this person Jesus. has... Jesus! This person has googly eyes. Previously on your fucking life. He has googly eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And he's blind. <laughs> oh, say, can't you see, you big idiot? <laughs> no, he has googly eyes. So what I is said, that? oh, say, can't you see, <laughs> okay. you big idiot. All right. I, was just, I okay. think that's legit. <laughs> sure, sure. You big idiot. You big dummy. I just like... The big dummy is the best part of it because it's like the capper. Yeah. It makes you forget... The kind of lame opening part of it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty smart of Don Rickles. Yeah. And that's... Uh, that's just... Do you think if you went to a Don Rickles show twice that you'd hear a lot of the same jokes? Yes. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So he's got kind of got them loaded up oh, in Of course head. he does. He didn't yeah. just make up a whole bunch of like <laughs> new ethnic stereotypes. <laughs> well, no. He didn't make up ethnic stereotypes. He just played off them. While you're here, yeah, yeah. I know that my car isn't being broken into. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you're going to hear that one yeah. repeatedly. Okay. Yeah, okay. of course. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And, and you want to say, what about the guy from the earlier show? <laughs> he could still be breaking into your car. <laughs> <laughs> you're, this doesn't check out. Why don't you check out, you big idiot? Oh, you got me. Mm. Hey, make fun of my wife. <laughs> All right, she's ugly. Oh, how do you know? She's not here. <laughs> What? <laughs> who, are you, who are you with? Yeah. Oh, this is my sister. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. She's my stepsister. We do pornography together. <laughs> I don't get any of that. That happened after my time. Wait, are you a ghost? Post. Yeah, you wish. You big stupid. <laughs> I boo you. <laughs> it would be good. To- <laughs> it would be good to do... Um- 
But what if Arnold Schwarzenegger killed Don Rickles (laughs) while he was making fun of an Italian? It might go a little something like this. Yeah. No, he would have to make fun of... He would have to, like... Uh, Don Rickles should be insulting him as he's kill as Arnold Schwarzenegger's killing him. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah that'd be, that'd you be, be big dummy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. No, I just. I got sweet nothing. Uh, Don Rickles, very talented comedian. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, good actor. You know. Was he a good actor? Yeah, I think like he was in Casino. He was yeah, in he's Kelly, good Casino. I was just Kelly's say, Heroes. Good Casino. Uh, yeah. What else he was? Uh, I never saw Enter Laughing, but no. he was in uh, some submarine movie. That's right. Operation Petticoat? Yeah, uh, Petticoat Junction. <laughs> Operation Petticoat Junction? No, was it? It was, uh, oh, Run Silent, Run Deep. Really? Yeah. I don't remember him in that movie. With Clark Gable and Burt Lancaster. But he really did. Jack s- Warden. He really, he was of the generation that actually served in the war, so. Sure, yeah, he knew, yeah. He knew the, he knew the ins and outs. Yeah. So mm. was he, when he was doing the jokes about someone, you're like, maybe this, maybe he's got some problems with this. <laughs> <laughs> when he's attacking like a Japanese uh, person, I mean, maybe he's yeah, not, yeah. yeah, maybe this isn't. I saw. I watched. I mean, a, I watched it's a documentary. Just about joking, him. and we're all yeah, you yeah. Know, brothers under the skin. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I was watching a documentary about him, and there's a scene in it where yeah, he's do, going on about the Japanese and blah 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 to a Japanese person in the audience, and you're like, is this fair? Is this fair to bring this up at this point? Though to be to be honest, though, uh, well, I don't know if it's fair, but here's here's what it feels like to me is like once again. Yeah, you're going to see the killer whale show in yeah, the seventies, yeah. <laughs> and you're sitting in the front row. Yeah, yeah. And then you get hit with water, mm. and you go, "Is this fair? Yeah, yeah. What did I do to deserve this?" You sat in the front row yeah. of Shamu's show. <laughs> you knew what Shamu do. Shamu again. Shamu do what Shamu do, and yeah. not do what not. Yeah, do. yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um. And yet, still was beloved. Who Don Rickles? Yeah, yes, very highly respected and blah blah yeah. blah. I think it helped that he hung out with uh, Bob Newhart. And let me just say that this uh, Japanese person, this guy, he he was loving it. Okay, he was just laughing his head off. So he, you know, that's what he's there for. Mm-hmm. And I guess you're right. He knows if he sits up that close to the front of the stage that he's going to get some spray on him. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing. Uh, what's his what's what's the fellow's name? Uh, Russell Peters is that the Russell Canadian? Peters? Is okay, Canadian. Russell Peters, Canadian. who's a Canadian who does yep. uh, you know jokes about uh, many uh, cultures. Yes, he does. Uh, and uh, is my sister's favorite comedian. My is that sister's right? favorite comedian. Sure. And so you know she likes to sit up nice and close. Okay. And she, this is the first thing that she does yeah. uh, at one of those shows. Yeah. Is like, is there any? And if the the because he goes through. All all the different cultures. Okay, not all of them, but yeah, the yeah. ones that he goes through. Sure, sure. And if he says anyone here uh, Chinese, yes. Uh, my sister uh, stands up and points with both fingers <laughs> at her husband, my brother-in-law, and goes, "Hair, hair." <laughs> I offer him as tribute. <laughs> oh, so sacrifice! Updating of the sacrifice. lottery. Sacrifice! Yeah, yeah. So happy to, she's done that often. Yeah, like that's her thing. She sure, she sure. loves to have him made fun of. Yeah, uh, at a comedy show, but especially by Russell Peters, who's okay. her favorite. Uh, okay, yeah. and everyone in the audience there gets made fun of, and they're all super happy, and it's sure, all sure. great. Because, you know, uh, you want to be talked about. So there you go. You want to be noticed. Well, you talked about that when we did the Marx Brothers podcast. We, you know, we were kind of asking, like, you know, what would people at that time think about, like, someone doing a terrible Italian accent or someone doing, like, a Irish stereotype? And 
the fact was they those people loved it. They loved to see themselves on stage. Well, I mean, that's the thing with uh, with us Canadians too. It's like anytime there's an American show and a Canadian joke gets uh, no. there, it's just like, hey, hey, hey guys, oh, hey. South Park is talking about us. Yeah, they they know we have two or, teams called the Rough Riders. Or it's the uh, it's the uh, whatever that Python sketch is. Where you know, it's sketch, a small yeah. town and the person's running out in the front lawn. We got mentioned on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to be uh, you want to be noticed. Yeah, it's yeah. better to be noticed than not noticed, even if what you're noticed for isn't the most positive thing in the world. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Even if it's playing on some stereotypes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we had at church this weekend. God. God is a part of it. You're right. Is that your one guess? I, I would like that if you're not going to guess it. Anyway. I would like, by the way, if, if yeah. it said that on the sign out front of the church, what is that? God is a part of it. God is a part of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That is a good sign, actually. God is a part of it. Okay. So what's it? Uh, let me, let me think. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you have video games? No. Okay. Did you have snacks? No. Okay. Did you have, uh, did you have, uh, animals come in and uh, everyone nope. pet an animal? No, it wasn't St. Francis. Okay. Uh, of a CCC. Of a CCC. CCC. Uh, did you watch, uh, Pearl Harbor? The, uh, Michael movie. Bay film. Yeah. Ben, Ben Affleck movie. You got it. Yeah. Michael Bay. Thought so. Pearl Harbor. Okay. What happened? We had our annual general meeting. Oh, okay. As when it... is your specific meeting? <laughs> <laughs> I think the specific meetings take place when everyone else isn't there. Okay. And then we get what's called vestry. Vestry meeting. Everyone gets a nice special vest. <laughs> vestry is, yeah, it's it's a room in a church where the priest changes into his vestments. Oh, neat. But I don't know why vestry, the room vestry has... Why is a vestry become called the, the vestry? Yeah, well, not that. It's called the vestry because of vest, vestments. Oh, because of the vest. Vestments. But, um, yeah, the why the meeting, the annual general meeting is called the vestry meeting. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know why that. But maybe they once they used to hold it in the small room off to the side of the church where the... I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I want to hear this story, but I just realized something that yep. I have to get and be right back. Okay, go ahead. I will, uh, if I can think of something to say, I will say it. If I can, I will go silent and then we'll fill in this gap with the sound of silence, which is a song by Simon and Garfunkel. That, by the way, everyone, started off as a song that was just a folk song on their first album, Saturday morning, 3 a.m., I think it was called. It was a date. It was a date anyway. It was a date in. The... Okay. But anyway, so that was on that album. That album was released by Simon and Garfunkel. It sank like a stone, sank like a literal stone. No one was interested in this folk album by these two young kids from New York. And then the producer of the album, a guy named Tom uh, Tom Johnson, I think his name his Tom name was Jode. Tom. Anyway, he uh, he took that he took that tape of Sound of Silence and he took it to the studio. And he got a bunch of studio session guys to add a rock backing to the song. Ah. And then by this point, of course, Simon and Garfunkel were over. You know, Artie was doing something in New York, and Paul Simon had gone to uh, to England, and he was touring there. That's where the song Homeward Bound comes from. But he was in England, touring about, learning uh, Parsley, Sage, Rosemary, and Thyme, so he could take time, and he could take that back and steal it. Anyway, uh, and so so that was happening. But Tom, whatever his name is, the producer, who worked worked for Columbia this time, he took that song in, and uh, got Session Guys to play on it, and it was released as a single without Simon and Garfunkel's approval and or knowledge. And next thing you know, it's a big hit. And so they're dragged back to the studio, back yeah. to New York, and they're like, we need product. we got to follow up this song. You guys are big hits now. <laughs> when really they were broken up and it was all over with. 
You guys are big hits now. Yeah. So anyway, um, so yeah, every year at a church we have. Oh, oh, could, I, could I say something? About oh yeah, of course time? you could. Uh, Roger Ebert uh, gave it uh, four stars. The graduate. He okay. The graduate. Yeah. I uh, said so the only flaw was the instantly forgettable soundtrack. <laughs> something. Yeah. That uh, has bit bit him on the ass uh, for the rest of his life. Is that right? Yep. Followed him around, and uh, people were like, ugh. <laughs> just really embarrassed that he, uh, that he said that. Yeah, instantly forgettable soundtrack. Interesting, because that's uh, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, whoops. I mean, I guess in the movie itself, no, it still has Mrs. No, it still has Mrs. Robinson. No, which it's is great. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's okay, great. But, but this the music playing when he's in the pool. Yeah, the yeah, pool it's great. scene. It's great. Crying out loud. I don't what even like that movie. Ver- I don't like that movie very much, but that's that's the great stuff. In there. Yeah, it's a nice. It's a good scene too. Yeah, yeah. The diving in the pool and mm, coming out and yeah. the thing and jumping in the thing. Yeah, yeah. Me to bang. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, but well, yeah, so, it was just, so, so every, your meeting every year, and this is during the service on a night much like this. No, no, it's during the service. Okay. So we come in on Sunday morning. Yep. Ten a.m. And here's the crazy part. It's ten a.m. Well, it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday. But also, the f- there's like 95 people there. Like, our our numbers have been going up since COVID has kind of, mm-hmm. you know, as COVID has lost its sense of, like, you know, instant death. Yeah. Our our attendance has gone back up. But the thing is, is like, it's not the same people. Like, it's a bunch of new people who have come. Oh. And the old people are still on Zoom watching at home. Ah. But we've had, like, there's all these new people. And it's so weird because they're all new people. And it, they're there. For the annual general meeting. Huh. It was weird. But anyway. So yeah, it's just like, it really is like an annual general meeting. We do like, it's like Robert's Rules of Order. You know, we call the meeting to order. And then someone has to like, someone has to like, whatever you do that. And then the person has to second it. And then, and then we have like the minutes. And we read the minutes into the, into, you know, we don't actually literally read them. But we read the minutes into the meeting. So the mm-hmm. last meeting minutes are read into this meeting. And so someone, someone proposes that or whatever then someone someone seconds it yeah roger's rules of order yeah yeah and the, it's like and then we have like it's done pretty quickly like our our new priest is like pretty much he's he's kind of like let's get this going come on we got to come thing. on yeah. we don't have forever we don't have forever uh, actually you just told us that we did <laughs> like okay but you know what i'm saying don't quote so me so then uh so then he uh yeah he keeps it keeps the ball rolling but then we yeah we have like the financial part of it where we discuss like this year, last year's finances and what happened and blah blah blah. We we're gonna, we agreed we we're gonna run a deficit last year because we knew that we weren't gonna have this and that. And then, but this year we're gonna, we ended up having a positive. We started with the deficit, we ended up with a positive. And yeah, it just goes, it's like a real meeting and people are like, have the notes in their hand. <laughs> I'm just like, why are all these new people like sitting through this? Is this a dumb meeting? Yeah. What's going on? I ended up, I ended up agreeing to be on parish, parish council. I don't know what I was thinking about. What does that mean you have to do? I don't know yet. Oh, no. Oh, you fool. You fool. Yeah, yeah. You foolish fool. One of my friends there, she is a warden. And I said, listen, warden. Yada, yada, warden. That's right. Attica. I've never seen seen Lenny Bruce or heard any of his stuff, but I still, yada, yada, warden. Yada, yada. Um, So then, no, she came up to me uh, during coffee break after church. And she's like, she's like, I wonder if you'd be interested in being being on parish council. And I said, well... To be honest, no. That's my first response. But why do you think I would be good on parish council? So she told me why she thought I'd be good on parish council. And I said, well, those are all... Okay, I can see that. Those are things you want. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. So what would my position be? Well, she, you said you'd be, you'd be uh, parish council at large. And I'm like, what? So I escaped? 
Are you trying yeah. to find me? Yeah. Where in the world is David Dedrick? Yeah. Um, and she went, you saw the show Dave Allen at large, right? <laughs> what I need you to do is I need you to sit on a chair, <laughs> like, cut off a couple of fingers, sounding, oh, and tell some stories good. about the Catholic I don't Church. Really like the finger part of it, but yeah, I could tell stories. But I could tell you stories. So a priest is walking down the road, and he says, this fella. Yeah, this yeah. fella. This fella's walking down the road. And uh, so then so and then I was like, I said, okay, I'll do it. But this is what this is the rules. <laughs> this is the rules. I'll sure. do it. But if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it. Okay. I just want to put that out there right now because I don't want to have to ghost you guys. And I will. Right. I will ghost you if I don't like it because I, I, that's what I do. I'm not going to tell you that I'm leaving. I will just leave and right. then you'll wonder where I've gone and I will be un, 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 you won't be able to see me. Right. I'll be a ghost. So I'm going to tell you right now, if I don't like it, I'm going to say. You know that ghost is me. I'm going to say no. No to okay. this. So um, she's like, okay, that's fine. As long as I'm a ghost that you can't see. <laughs> so anyway, so then during the thing, <laughs> during the thing, we they announced the new ward. And here's the other thing. <laughs> I knew Lisa would not be happy with this. Okay. Because I've done this before and it did not turn out well. All right. And so that's why also I was hesitating. And so we're sitting there together. And she came. And then as soon as it started, she's like, why did you tell me it was a general meeting? I was like, I thought you knew you were here last week. She's like, oh, my God, I have to sit through this now. I'm like, well, it's too late. You can't leave. Although you could because it's just starting. But she didn't. She just sat there. And then, yeah, they got to this part of the thing where, like, okay, we want all the people who are going to be in Paris Council to stand up. Blah, blah, blah. So-and-so, such and such. David Dedrick. So I'm standing up. I'm looking at Lisa. And she's like, what did you decide to do this? <laughs> so, yeah. Went, so, for the power. For the power of being the at power. large. I'm leaving the country. Uh, so, yeah. So, anyway, I'm at large. I don't know what it means. But, you know, I guess I'm. I guess I'm getting more involved again. The other, only other problem is, is I'm like talking to the priest and I'm like, he's like, oh, I, you know, I heard you agreed to be on parish council. I said, yeah, he goes, oh, I'm really excited that you're going to do this. And I said, okay, thanks for flattering me. <laughs> I said, I said, he goes, so we're going to be meeting on Tuesdays. I said, there's a problem because now Carol, the choir director is going to be so mad that I'm missing choir to be attending oh. parish council meetings. And he said, oh, he goes, oh, I didn't think about that. Because, well, I'll talk to Carol. So then I was talking to Carol on Sunday, and she's like, I was so mad when I found out you are going to be a parish counselor. Because I got so mad at David. Everyone's so mad at you for volunteering not and helping me, out. Not me. At David for, it's, yeah. you know parish council. This is meetings, right? I don't know parish council, but yeah, okay. Yeah, it's a bunch of meetings. Meetings are things that you talk about for an hour about things that you could really get. This like one email would take care of. But anyway, so um, so yeah. So anyway, I'm on parish council. Nice. But I did tell him that if it goes over past 730, I have to leave and go to choir, so. That'll keep things moving, I hope. Well, what you should do is, like, as you're getting up to that time, just start singing your responses. Mm. And they're like, oh, Dave's got to leave for choir. He's practicing. Yeah. Well, we should <laughs> check, on, check on this. Yeah. It's um, it's going to be interesting. Cool. And then, but one thing I know is that the one lady who, the other lady who's warden, we were on parish council together. And she knows how to run a meeting. She knows how to keep it moving. So I'm, nice. I'm, I'm okay with that. No dilly-dallying. That's what she says. It's nice when a meeting is run well. I remember we used to yeah. have meetings uh, for improv company. Yeah. And it would be like someone would sit and run the meeting and they, oh, sorry. just so badly done. <laughs> They'd be like, just like uh, a lot of just talking, talking, someone talking. Someone with like a giant hat would sit in the middle of the room and it's, just, <laughs> oh, it's awful. Just dumb. Everyone was, everyone was dumb and it was dumb. It's yeah. Also dumb. Yeah. It's dumb. Yeah. If it's too long or, or you just feel like, why are we here? Then, yeah, like. Like a little while ago, I don't know if I told you this story. Did I tell you about the story about the meeting at work? Nope. Tell me about the work meeting. Okay, I hope this doesn't get around. to Anyway, so 
at work, we had this situation where we had some, some doors for a company and we had part of the order sitting in our warehouse for a long time. And so finally, I was just like, what is going on with this order? So I wrote to Edmonton okay, and I made it like a big blanket email. So I could just, everyone was in this email. And I just said, we have this order here. I just want to know what's going on with it because it's just been sitting here. And so then then I didn't see the response. So like I was working. So I wrote this email and I was out, at, out and about because right. I'm not often at my desk. And so I suddenly I get called to me and two other, two other people that I work with in, in like the kind of who are in managing positions in the warehouse. We get called to a meeting okay. with the branch manager right out of the blue. And so then we're sitting in there and he's like, he starts kind of giving this sort of like lecture about what this customer, who they are and what our relationship is with them. And da 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 and it's going on like this. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what's going on. So we, we have this long like half hour meeting about it. And then... The office people get called in, and it's the same meeting again. What? Everything again to the office people. So what? we're just sitting there. They're asking the same questions we had to answer and stuff like that. And then, I'm and then to your the story while taking a bunch of pills. That's fine. And then I realized that it's good if you're tripping balls in this story. So then um, the meeting's over, and I'm walking out, and I'm like, I'm confused. And then I realize, oh, he was talking about something totally different than the email. He was like totally the wrong end of the stick. Huh. And so we had this long, hour-long meeting about nothing. That's confusing. Because when I got back to my desk, I, lo- I realized, oh, there's an email. And they're just saying, and they're answering the question that I asked. And they're telling us that they sent stuff without telling us directly to the customer. They didn't say anything about it. So we had half of the order in our okay. sitting waiting for the rest of the stuff to come. When they didn't even send it to us, they sent it directly to the customer and didn't tell us. So then we're calling the customer and saying, hey, listen, we have all your stuff here. You can come and get it. Huh. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. And we can also invoice them and get okay. this off of our books. But we had this like hour-long meeting for no reason at all. And I was like, oh my gosh, life. Life in life is a leader <laughs> of the company. So yeah. I had a, I had a meeting uh, with uh, someone who's like uh, in, in charge of some stuff at Paramount Pictures. Okay. Yeah. And I pitched them some things okay. that they liked. How did you feel it went? I think it went good, but it was so casual. Yeah? So weird. It's like hmm. they had, uh, they, they were just so casual. Yeah. Like they were casual, like to the But you didn't like it? What's that? You didn't like that it was casual? I don't know. Just weird. Okay. It's like, uh, I'm like, you're Paramount Pictures. Yeah. You know, so it was like in their, uh, definitely in their home, we're Zooming. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've made my office look casually, uh, you know, uh, you know, business. Okay. So, you know, there's okay. stuff that's fun in the background that's yeah. uh, addressable if... Should have come down to it. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the uh, person I'm talking to, I can see their knee at certain points. Their knee? Like their knee is, their knee is okay. high enough up. Like oh. they're sitting in a way yeah, where yeah, their yeah. knee is up. Okay. And I'm like, huh. Were they wearing and shorts or were they wearing pants? I, I couldn't see that. Oh, okay. But I could see a knee. It was just a fuzzy fuzzy image. It was a knee. I don't want to okay. say whether there was okay. skin or no skin. Okay. Uh, but they, they <laughs> he were... He had they, no skin in the game. They, they were, you know, they were... It was, you know, a business meeting and all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we discussed things. And it was fine. It was fun. And I liked the person. But I was like, this is really casual. Mm. But I'm talking to Paramount. Yeah. Huh. It's weird but that i th- got to pretend that this is not, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but don't you think this is that... not the person that I would go like, I've got an idea for an Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> here's, here's my question, though. Like, okay. if you're that person. Yeah. And you're dealing with people who are always coming with you, always wanting to pitch at you. Sure. Would you prefer that it was sort of casual and it was didn't feel well, it was, like it was definitely like kind of a meet and greet kind of yeah, you know, yeah. we're just meeting some people and yeah but then but the nice was thing it that, just you or was it more me, people just, just you. me okay yeah and uh, it was just him or her 
It was them, yeah. Just them. So uh, they, uh, I'm not going to get specific. Okay. So uh, yeah, but then the next thing was like, I was like pitching one of the projects that, you know, I had that was sure. based on something that I've yeah. done. And, uh, and uh, the Leonardo one- da Vinci invents a tank and is driving around Italy. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's called Tanks that's, for a that's, Nothing. That's why you got so upset when I brought up the uh, that's right. Italian tank situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's always making fun of Mona Lisa. <laughs> She's like, check out this one here yeah, with yeah. the with the face. Yeah. No Whoa, is that a smile? Or did a did a did a crow die on your puss? Hey, shut up, stupid! <laughs> and they'll say she was called Moaning Lisa. Yeah, look she, at Moaning Lisa in, here. She Whoa. lived in an Italian bathroom. Hey, cheer anyway. up! Everything's pasta. It's nice. <laughs> Someone don't like carbs. Whoa! That's what's tr- the deal? Yeah, that's why that's why my Italian uh, travelogue journey into the pasta. There you are. Wow. It's on wow. Uh. Hey, you filled up the ceiling of the church with clip art. Whoa! <laughs> it's lucky the Pope's got bad vision. Not gonna be able to tell. Uh, so yeah, so you're at this meeting. So yeah, but the nice thing was uh, that uh, you know uh, we were talking about you know doing a thing of uh, uh, that I had created as an anime yeah. thing, yeah. and I was and it was like uh, so uh, you know get back to me with like who you think would be good in it or ideas. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, my thing initially was just like, we'll just read it, and if you want to do that, we'll do that. But like, I got to come up with some ideas for this. So, uh, but the nice thing was, then I almost immediately came up with an idea where I went, oh, this makes everything much, much better. It works completely as an animated series. It completely works with all these other different elements of things. I'm super happy with that. <laughs> Yay! So <laughs> that's good. Sent that, sent that in. So we'll see what happens. Oh, and well, you know luck. what? Probably nothing. But because you know it's the same thing as everything in the world. Uh, but yeah, I've been doing just doing a whole bunch of pitches of stuff yeah, like yeah. lately. But that was that was nice. It was nice that I felt like you know we had a discussion. She uh, oh I said she. There we go. <laughs> uh, asked me for more stuff, and I was able to like uh, build on something, yeah. and I felt like. Hey, Ian, that was a good job. Good for you, Ian. Yay, you. And I felt good about myself like later. That was nice. And I've been doing a lot of uh, sweetening of work for people, too. And I'm happy with that kind of stuff, too. Which is, Except when I'm dealing with Americans. And then, you know, uh, afterwards, it's like, okay, well, time to pay me. And then they go, okay, I'll pay you using flurry flu. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, you know that doesn't work in Canada. Oh, no. And I'm like, yeah, well, you could use uh, PayPal. Oh, I don't do PayPal. Oh, okay. Well, you could. You could do it. You could uh, fill out a thing and uh, basically set that up in two minutes. And it's like, what if I, could I just mail you a check? (laughs) Yeah, it's the 70s. Why not? That sounds great. I just hope Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid don't (laughs) rob me on the way to the bank. Just, mm. or we could use Freevity Frog. Oh, sorry. Did you want to be paid in American? I don't know. Are you American? Are you paying everyone else in American? <laughs> then yes, I would like to be paid in the same amount as everyone else. Oh, okay. Could I get 97 pieces of your bank information? You could. Or you could two minutes do PayPal <laughs> and just send it to me. That'd be good. One of those things would be So anyway, yeah. <clears throat> you do a you do a job, you're proud of it, and then uh oh the paying. <laughs> the paying pain. Yeah. Uh, and then we should discuss later on whether or not we're going to go to this movie. On the show? Yeah, like, you know, later on in the show we'll discuss oh, okay. whether we're going to see 
that movie <laughs> with uh, the guy that uh, talks to uh, bugs. Okay. Uh, the buggerer, I think his name is, something like that. Okay. Paul Rudd is the buggerer. Okay. In uh, time travel craziness. Mm. Is know, it time travel? Time travel wackadoodles. I hope it's not time travel. Oh, well, I think you're in for a bad time. <laughs> then if you don't think that uh, uh, Kang the Conqueror is it's time travel related. Oh, is that right? Well, you saw Loki, right? I thought it was just alternate realities. I don't know. I don't know nothing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. My name is David Dedrick. I'm Ian Boothby, and uh, we appreciate the time you're spending with us. So, uh, thanks. <laughs> Shoot me a significant look. Oh, all right. That was significant.